Welcome back to the show, folks. Thanks for sticking with us. It's been a little while. Um, we've all been going through a lot of stuff lately. And uh, more and more day to day, uh, it seems like my schedule is just as busy, if not busier than what it was before this pandemic. But anyway, I want to say thank you for joining us for the show. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, That's the greatest support you can give us is by continuing to listen. Please like and share our social media posts, guys. When we put it up there on uh, Facebook or Instagram, um, it really does help us spread the message if you like and share our posts as well. Um, There's also a donate feature at the bottom of whatever podcast app you're listening to. So feel free to donate. No obligation, though. This is free of charge. And um, please go check out our YouTube page. Uh, Just search Conversations with the Mind on YouTube and you'll find um, our Mind Ops. Uh, Mind Ops is actually the the, uh, umbrella YouTube page. So you can go to M-I-N-D hyphen O-P-S for the YouTube. Uh, You'll find the Conversations with the Mind um, video podcasts. Um, So most of these are are Zoom these days, but uh, we like to put up the video so that we can uh, feel like we're interacting with each other a little bit more. So go check those out. And um, yeah, guys, thank you for coming. And let's get on with the show.
So today's good news story comes from the Good News Network, and the title of this article reads, Pirate Radio Station, hosted exclusively by retirees, has been cheering isolated seniors across the U.S. I found this as a really cool thing. Um, So because seniors are probably the most heavily isolated group right now during the pandemic, um, oh, there's my co-host, Ty. Uh, if you guys heard him in the background. Uh, anyway, but these seniors are most highly isolated out of most of us. And um, they formed uh, this pirate radio station called Radio Recliner, um, exclusively hosted by elderly DJs from assisted living communities ac- across the U.S. Um, really cool um, idea that they're doing, you know, bringing back this idea of radio, especially for these seniors who, when they were growing up, uh, really connected with others, connected with the world through um, traditional terrestrial radio. So this is a really cool idea to kind of bring this older uh, technology back with a mix of new technology. And, uh, you know, they have it looping 24 hours a day uh, with content. So uh, people are really liking this. I thought that was really awesome and uh, a good way to to really start connecting with others. It's one of the reasons why we did this podcast in the first place. All right. So a conversation with my mind recently amidst this pandemic, uh, you know, and I've found myself slipping into some negative habits from the past uh, days where I'll go where I just feel entirely worthless, lazy, you know, things like that. Uh, eating, um, you know, mostly at home, but still, you know, indulging a little bit more than I should in, in uh, sugary treats or, um, you know, high carb meals, like lots and lots of pasta. My wife had been eating lots of pasta. And so what's been on my mind recently is that this is, this is okay. Yeah. To some extent, you know, as long as we recognize what we're doing in the moment, I think we can come out of it, uh, on the other side. So for me, I've been really working on forgiving myself uh, a lot more during this COVID, um, pandemic and forgiving myself because it's an adjustment period, you know, it's an adjustment for all of us. We're all sort of switching gears, letting go and grieving, um, old ways of life and having to forcefully adjust, um, or, uh, you know, risk not surviving, uh, you know, adjusting to this new climate, this new world, this new um, physical distancing and wearing masks, things that we're doing. So we're all going through this adjustment period and it's tough uh, in general, just adjusting and changing. And so it's, you know, it's okay uh, when we from time to time engage a little bit more with with comforting um, things from the past. As long as we're, you know, as long as I'm, as long as I'm uh, aware that I'm engaging in it as a, a means to comfort myself, and uh, that I check in with myself mindfully before engaging in it, um, you know, uh, I think I think we can still make some good decisions here. But uh, as as the climate starts to shift and things start to improve for us, and we get to go out and do more social things, it's going to be. Um, you know, I just can't wait. I'm, I'm feeling really excited to, to really get back out there and, and uh, you know, 
not have a need to forgive myself all the time because I'll be back to hitting it hard. So just to understand that this is a transition time and sometimes during transition it feels like uh, you slip backwards, but it's all towards forward movement, right? So even though I haven't been able to concentrate on things that I normally would, I've been shifting my attention and focus to other things, uh, other things that seem more important right now in this moment and uh, other things that um, were in much need of attention. So it's okay to do that. Uh, It's actually very helpful. Okay, so our guest today, very special guest, uh, he's a fellow member with me on the uh, Prati um, Psychedelic Research and Training Institute um, group, Mr. Mark Cunningham. Um, Mark is an Army vet uh, turned marriage and family therapist, uh, currently uh, works for Colorado State University um, in their counseling department um really cool stuff that he's into you know he's really passionate about evolution and uh evolution as it's applied to psychology as it's applied to spirituality um and he comes from this from an anthropology uh background so he has an anthropology undergraduate degree and really you know latched onto that idea of evolution not just you know physical evolution like we mostly think of it but evolution uh, towards self-actualization, you know, as human beings beyond the physical, uh, you know, who knows, you know, we can go really far with this, but, uh, I'll let, uh, Mark and I get into it with this conversation. Enjoy the show folks. This was a really fun one to do. conversations with interesting people. Our mission is to engage the collective mind piece by piece to bring greater clarity of mind to our listeners locally and across the planet, and to contribute to broaden the shared experiential knowledge and wisdom of existence. Welcome back, folks, to Conversations with the Mind. I'm your host, as always, Shane Lamaster, and we're here with very special guest, Mark Cunningham, for episode number 75. How are you, sir? Doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me here today. Yeah, of course. It's nice to see another friendly face. Uh, it seems like um, the actual people that we get to see these days is extremely limited. Unless you're going to the grocery store, I don't know about you, but there's like uh, lines you have to stand in at the grocery store, six feet apart, to get in. Um, that's an interesting experience. It's like you're going on an amusement park ride of line standing everywhere you go. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. It's it's been fascinating to see the changes in human behavior and how we're adapting emotionally and how it's like how we're trying to keep these this software in our mind of okay this is what I need to do when I go out and what I need to be aware of and what not to be aware of and you can just feel also I don't know about everyone else's experience but my partner and I talk a lot about how we feel people reaching out beyond even more to connect you know with their eyes and with their hearts and Obviously, you'll have a range of experiences every time you go out, but there's also a lot of beautiful change and adaptation and, like, people expressing their heart for one another, you know, from the howling to 
that we do every night at eight to um, just, you know, all the neighbors that we see way more active in our community and coming by and really engaging instead of just being in their kind of drone like state and going on their walk very agenda. Like they're more exploring and kind of open to connection, even though there's that obvious distance. Mm -hmm. I think um, that's going to be an interesting topic for us to delve into um, today on the show. Um, But I want to start off the podcast with the same question that I have for everybody, which is, um, the show's called Conversations with the Mind, and I want to know how does that land for you? What does it mean when you hear that phrase, um, Conversations with the Mind? What comes up? Mm. I mean, everything and nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> All at once. Um, and, yeah, it brings up, oh, man, it just brought me to childhood just now. It's what you know, that my conversation with my mind currently just brought up is, uh, you know, I, I was a single child, um, with a single mother, um, it's only child, single mother. Um, and, um, yeah, I spent, like, I loved going, like I was always about, always about having someone spend the night or going to spend the night. So, you know, always just hanging out at each other's houses. Summer break was awesome. Just would live at each other's houses all the time. Cause I didn't have any siblings, you know? So I was always craving that. Cause a lot of times if I was at home, it was just like, I'm in my mind and that's all I got, you know, and like mm-hmm. just sit, have those, those conversations with yourself and your mind, you know, and your imagination just running your, wild. Oh yeah. Just running wild. Right. Mm-hmm. And all the ways that that like, I, I wonder often how that maybe shapes, you know, well, obviously how, how, how that shapes how we are as human beings, mm. you know? How do you think it shaped you? Cause I, I mean, I grew up in a, in a household with a single mother, uh, most of my life, uh, a couple stepdads in there. Um, but it was me and my uh, little brother. So I had like a playmate all the time, you know, um, what was it like for you? Like how, what kind of impact do you think that had on you uh, as a person now? Mm, yeah. Excuse me. Um, you know, it's hard to say, but from what I, how I've kind of thought about it, it's um, made me know how much I value community and connection and like, learning about people's passions and what they're doing as well. That's what I appreciate about being on the show. And I can feel it's very in line with those values. And, and it makes me, uh, (laughs) I think we, we can always, right. We always have to find that balance from having a meditative, calm, peaceful life. And, but also the mind is powerful. And so we have to explore and play and Mm -hmm. create new ideas and manifest those and, do what we can to, you know, create our experience. And, um, mm. so I don't want to, you know, I, I do love doing that, you know, and getting in the mind and exploring and playing around. And so that's what it kind of brings up is just, and, you know, recently as I've continued to pursue a meditative practice and just those, uh, spiritual practice, I've, considered more and more, you know, the, the benefits of letting that go and returning always to the present. Mm. Yeah. This idea of like, 
you know, the mind is a powerful tool and we can let it run on autopilot like a lot of people do, (laughs) or you can like, you can actually take some control over your consciousness and the decisions and the thought patterns you choose to engage in. And, and you actually have quite a bit more power than you think you do. If you just sit down and learn the techniques, you know, um, that's why I think I fell in love with Buddhism because it just like, it blew my mind open that these monks have figured these these ways, these pathways, these maps of the mind and of consciousness and how to get there. And it's all written down in all yeah, these ancient totally. scrolls and shit. And you're just like reading it like, oh, my God, we are so far behind. Like we think we're the most advanced civilization. And we are in a lot of ways. But when it comes to like engaging with the power of what the mind is capable of, we're way behind. Like we're so dumbed down right now. Oh, yeah. And oh, you yeah. can see it everywhere, you know. Yeah. Idiocracy was a good movie. Dude, we just watched it the other <laughs> night. Yeah, it gets better every every time we watch it because something else pops up and you're like, oh, yeah, that happened like a year ago. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah, it's great. Oh, man. You said a few things that I wanted to jump on. Um, have you read um, Robert Wright, um, Why Buddhism is True? No, I haven't. Oh, it's a great book. It was on a Sam Harris podcast that I discovered it. Um but yeah, like t- you were saying about, you know, the ways that they've learned the channels and the pathways of the mind and how that's like the why Buddhism is true. It's he, even the author names it like that's a it's a edgy title, <laughs> but uh, he's just speaking from an evolutionary psychology perspective and how Buddhism, the, the way is in a way to adapt to our evolved nature and the limitations of our instinctual, you know, um, drives and programs so say that again adapt sorry if you guys hear that plane flying over us yeah man all these like conspiracy (laughs) theories been crossing my my path these days about the covid (laughs) stuff and uh i see very few planes these days so every time i do i think it's like a spy plane or something Ah, or helicopters yeah anyway where were we it's a good combo to spy on i guess yeah um (laughs) where were we uh adapting to the mind evolutionary yeah so yeah, like this this uh, idea of adaptation, right? You have to adapt if you're going to survive. Or as things change, then the world is always in flux, right? We're experiencing huge changes right now, right, with COVID. Punctuated equilibrium. And we, yeah, we all have to adapt in our own way, totally. Um, everyone's going through their own stuff. Right. Um, but this is, it's like a natural thing to happen as far as um, like a learning process, over time, right? Like that's part of evolution is learning new strategies to, to, uh, go about the world and like, for instance, stay healthy this time around, um, get more into that. Like, what do you, cause you love, I mean, you, you said you love mm-hmm. evolution and the idea of progressing the mind. And I'm super into that too. That's why I got into sports psychology. Cause I was like, Oh wait, I can like, there's techniques to fine tune, uh, minds and Olympians are using them and why can't everyone use them? And, uh, and then combining that with meditation, like that's been my path my whole life is how do we utilize this tool up here? Yeah. Well said. Um, this tool. Yeah. It became a tool maker. Um, or a tool user. Tool user. Yes. Yeah. I think just acquiring tools right first, yeah. meditation is a tool oh no i know i was just kind of launching off with your question into thinking about just 
the time before we had tools. Oh. Um, and how, you know, that was a thought that then man was created as we saw a stick, you know, or our, our ancestors are somewhere near Chimps and Bonobos. Um, yeah, so that's where I that's where I tend to go in my mind. It is a dominant lens that I choose to view and kind of think about things through. Um, have you, by chance, read uh, anything by uh, Christopher Ryan, Sex at Dawn? Negative, no. but okay. I've heard I've him a few. Rogan. Yeah, I've on yeah. Some, heard him on some podcasts. Totally. So he's got like a he's got, he's got uh, it's coming out or it's out. It's really soon. Uh, it's coming out. Um, I've been waiting on it because I liked his first book a lot. But um, it's uh, all about how our mismatch of living in this in way in this environment and like the Western world. I'm going to assume. I'm not sure. I haven't read it yet. Um, but he talks about it a lot and how that mismatch from like what we evolved in 200,000 years ago and how we were living and operating Mm -hmm. and relating and working together and all the different variables of like our sleep and our, and our ways of sharing resources and everything, sexuality, like everything was so for so long, it was adapted to that environment. And then we radically evolved Mm -hmm. and changed and transformed. And now we're going through another radical shift with coronavirus, right? It's a, spike right so initially you're talking about like going from like these smaller tribal communities all the way into what we have now like stacked on each other in big metropolitan cities totally disconnected from nature um i mean it's it's a it's a i mean it's a it is a total turnaround and i think there's pockets for sure like we live in a beautiful place here um where nature's it's right in our back door you know, so we get to see it every day and, um, you know, I really appreciate that, but not everyone does. Most people don't live like we have for a long time. I'm, I'm, I have a theory that if we, you know, if we organized in a way to split back up into smaller, more inwardly focused communities, um, but networked, right? Like little nodes in a net or something where there's no, um, power base, right? So almost like the bit, like a Bitcoin, or yeah, like uh, what's what's that called? Like egalitarian or spread uh, out? Equal. Yeah, like branch chain or right. not branch chain. The uh, I know, I know. You know what I'm talking about? I know Bitcoin, but I'm not sure what technology they run off of. I can't even oh. remember it right now. Um, not branch, whatever. Um, but it's decentralized power, right? So if any one system goes down, right. they're all fine. Um, balance power, right? Balance, right? I think that'd be a great idea socially. Um, yeah, that's as, how we used to. That's how it's thought. I mean, I, I'm right. not a doctorate in anthropology, so I don't sure. know the most current research or what. But from what I recall, it's yeah, more egalitarian where there's that um that that true balance and and i think a lot about that through gender currently and um so many ways of how our culture is shaped because of that yeah um yeah it's like i don't know in my mind then boom the the thoughts in my mind go mm-hmm. which direction there's a right. thousand directions we mm-hmm. go from here but um shaped by gender is an interesting one though uh this week in my um uh, qualitative class i was reading a lot on feminist theory and uh feminist methodologies and um you know i 
as a social worker, I definitely need to know all that stuff. And I, you know, it, just reading it, it was uh, parts of it were already in line with the way I like approach the world. But it had never been like something that I was just never drawn to it, you know, as a as a it wasn't in my interest. It was just not on my radar. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it was an interesting journey to like reflect on that in myself and like, oh, why haven't I looked at this? And yeah. it actually has a lot in common yeah. with with some things, and I disagree with some things, and that's okay because I I take little, you know, I'm eclectic in my in my theology a little bit, so I take I take little bits and pieces from uh, stuff that I like and I think goes well together. Um, and that's how I think we all do it with consciousness in general, right? Like we all have our own experiences. We all have our own chosen paths, the choices we make and what we want to study and what we want to spend our free time and energy on, right? That is like part of this diet that we're taking in, right? We don't only take in nutrition through our mouth, but through our eyes and our ears and through our hands and what we choose to spend our time with our mind on. That's all nutrients, right? Mm, Well said. And Yeah, there's there's a way to optimize that and it's hard. It takes discipline. But it takes um, it takes a, a desire to want to do that. Yeah. Wow. You do you do amazing amazing work, and I love how you describe yeah every little piece of that as a nutrient and mm. how that frames that beautifully. Well, I don't know. There's so many different ways to talk about it, but I mean, every way that you talk about it differently, it's going to land with a different audience. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. consciousness <laughs> yeah no oh. it's amazing um hmm. <laughs> it's amazing consciousness. no it i mean i don't know i don't know let's get back to um i so something i've been thinking a lot about recently uh because it's present right now is um human psychology in relation to covid mm. and um it's interesting to me because you know, I've, I've stu- I studied psychology for many years, and um, the more you study the theory of why people do things and why people think things and how thought patterns work, like the more you can, it just becomes integrated into your life. And I'm speaking from my own experience and from others that I've talked to in the field, but like, nat- you naturally like ingrain this this part of yourself where you have this assessment tool, right? So you go about and you're, you're always observing, right? You almost like condition yourself into this uh, scientific mindset, right? Like I'm always observing what people are doing, what patterns they're doing. And uh, it's, it's interesting to watch the response of the public in when this, when this thing happens. Yeah. Um, have you been noticing that too? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. What What are some of the things? Well, you you mentioned some of the things like you've been seeing like neighbors getting together and like these really uh, close bonding things. Have you seen anything like crazy where you're just like, holy shit! Like that's that's not a good sign for uh, where we're sitting right now. Mm. Well, I do still provide therapy currently um, in. Uh, two capacities. One's at the university at Colorado State University as um, as a uh, counselor for the students. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I still do teletherapy, Zoom therapy that we provide. Um, and it's been fascinating. Uh, it has really been interesting to see how 
this context, there's like a parallel process to see, right, what's going on in our in the collective and how that relates to what's going on in their life, um, just to use as an analogy, um, and also how it creates this almost like pressure cooker, um, can create a pressure mm. cooker. Like um, like one problem trans- stacked on another like creates even more. Mm-hmm. More yeah. stress, more yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, piles on more of that change yeah, and yeah. need to grow and adapt and change brings about loss, which brings about stress and stuff, grieving, right? And so all of that, it, as we've heard, I'm sure you've read or heard somewhere, right? Everyone keeps saying that it's forcing us to sit with ourselves and go and go to your room and reflect and have a time out, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we needed some time in there for sure. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah, we did. Cause we were just working our butts like cogs in the machine. Right. And, um, Give our dose, give it, everyone needs, yeah, this boost or these reality checks in ways and to, and to sit with their relationships and their family systems, mm-hmm. if, whether they're by themselves and their own internal family systems and their mind, right? Uh, all the different parts, or if it's their actual relationships, whatever they may be around them, and to notice what's there and how to respond and work on it and try to grow and adapt to being a family unit in new ways and Mm -hmm. oh man we've been doing tons of that at our house so Mm -hmm. i'm just i'm always wondering how that's going on with everyone around me and how to like be mindful of that as i do go out in public of just where people might what they might be going through you know without having a clue yeah and yeah. yeah yeah i think that's a that's a really healthy way to to approach it you know um i mean it's scary sometimes i've walked around i've heard a little bit more some arguments you know yeah 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 that's what i was going to comment on is like when i do go out and i love this time right now because it's getting me back in touch with a lot of things that i've been avoiding and spending my energy on you know out in the outer world right but it's forced me to sit with a lot of things and uh it's been very helpful right and and helpful for my relationship with my with my pets and my wife and um the garden and you know mother nature and it's been great um, but you know, when I do go out there, uh, it's, I'm making it sound like an apocalypse thing. Right. <laughs> and I don't really go anywhere. I just go right down the street to the grocery store most of the time. But, um, yeah, there's like, you know, I can't really see most people's faces cause they're covered up yeah. by, uh, but there's like a snarl on their, on their eyebrows, right? Their eyebrows are furrowed or like, yeah. like everyone is like suspicious In or survival paranoid. Mind. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so I've seen like people get upset you know if i accidentally step within the six foot boundary oh, yeah. and they just shoot you a look and you're like holy shit sorry we went on a hike yesterday of mm-hmm. a horse tooth and we got some 99 percent of it was great when we passed mm-hmm. tons of people but there was right at the end uh, a weird interaction that joy my partner and i both commented on, like did you really just say that like it was like very like something about our dog because our dog was on its leash, but just was coming around and the dog doesn't have a clue what social distancing mm-hmm. is. Right. And she said something about like that poor dog is going to, is going to die or it might die or, or that poor dog, something about, and I was like, did she just say something about like the dog dying? And so I don't know. I didn't go back and re-engage, but it, it, yeah, I could feel just a level of just increased judgment or increased, you know, mm-hmm. like, Whoa, what, who are you? Which it makes sense. You have to empathize, you know, people are going to respond and, 
they're afraid and it makes sense to have, yeah. have that fear and that's that's the thing though is it's okay to be afraid yeah right but it's not okay to be an asshole yeah. um to everybody else because you're <laughs> yeah. afraid yeah. you know that's not okay and um yep. I'm all for calling people out on that too. Like uh, the other day, so I went to the grocery store, right? That's the only place I go right now. And um standing in line for a Redbox video, you know, that's probably the most contact I have with anything in that whole store is touching the screen. Um And right in front of me, there's like this uh, 17-year-old kid, had no care in the world, doesn't care about COVID, doesn't care about uh, social distancing, doesn't care about anybody else's time. Um, and he knows I'm standing there waiting just to return a disc. Um, and he looks at me and he just, he just smiles and looks back at the thing. No mask. Um, starts like making these coughing, um, noises and snarks under his breath and just takes his time. Like he literally took like five or six minutes scrolling through all the movies. Um, and didn't even select any, just walked away. And I was like, holy shit, man. Like, What is this all about? Like people driving, there's less cars on the road, but, um, people are driving way more aggressively, Mm. right? It's almost like, um, yeah, people are, there are some people being assholes out there. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So I'm glad to hear your perspective too, Mm. that like you're seeing people come together and more locally, like right around my house. Like that's what I see too. Like me and my neighbors, like we, we shoot the shit across the street almost on a daily basis. Right. Um, and it's been great. It's been great to kind of feel home. Um, (laughs) and wow. Yeah. Just take a breath. You're just like, so for, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Take a breath. Yeah. So for us, it's been quite pleasant. Um, Mm, good. Not to, you know, not to downplay the seriousness of this thing. Um, cause we've had people around us too, been affected pretty heavily and uh we're grateful right yep we're grateful that we have control within our bubble and that we can you know stay healthy within our own space how are you guys doing oh man it's been a lot of beautiful um a lot of beautiful growth i tell you what Mm -hmm. but uh joy and i are both working remotely um and we've got baby aspen and the two boys um and yeah, the, it's been, uh, we go outside on the slack line, few, we go nice. recess like three or four times a day, like that's like <laughs> guaranteed. Um, Your kids do that? Yeah, they like to play on it and swing on it. That's awesome. They more, they more set up a swing. Oh, okay, they, they don't walk on they, it. They're, they can, but like they're not as dedicated to mm-hmm. truly walking on it yet. They're more playing on it. Um, but yeah, I, I'll go out there, which has been so great to have that. Um but yeah, we, and then we just kind of, Joy and I had swap taking turns when I've got to do a meeting or she does a meeting and then we take care of Aspen. And so it's been a lot, it's been a lot, it's been challenging. There's been days where I'm just like, well, I need to go outside alone and be, all, you know, and just have some privacy, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. we all need that. We all have to have that in our lives. So yeah, I take a few rest breaks throughout the day to just go out and do something outside, whether, mm-hmm. you know, just knock out one task in the in the garden or do one thing in the lawn or yeah, you know, take the dogs out for a walk or it felt good to me the other day. I noticed how good it felt. We had a lot of branches in our neighborhood that had broken from that last snow. Mm-hmm. And, and I just went around to like the, the houses around me that we know and I like, uh, 
grabbed those branches and harvested. We've got a new fire pit. Nice. And, and so I'm like, I'm going to harvest these babies, you know? And it, how good it felt to just be breaking branches that day, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just like, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, barely had even any tools and just was breaking branches. And, it, and then we had a great fire, s'mores pit night, so... Yeah, reconnection with nature. Oh, yeah. We got a fire pit, but we haven't used it yet. Ooh, mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah, I don't know what what our deal is. Why We oh. we just enjoy laying in oh, the love sack at night. Has it been there for a long time? No, like a week or two. Oh, well, pff, you're yeah. all right. You're all good. You're good. Yeah, we need to bust it out, though. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to get really nice out there. But, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It's, it's a fascinating time for someone like us or people like us that study the mind um, as a passion, mm-hmm. right? You and I, that's like our, if, if we get, I mean, that's what we're working towards, right? We want to get paid for the rest of our life to study the mind and help people yeah. by doing it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And so for people like us, like this is a fascinating time to just sit back and as long as we're taking care of ourselves, right? Which has been difficult at times too and, and difficult yeah. to stay disciplined and oh, yeah. it's tough for all of us, right? Oh, yeah. um, but to, to just sit back and watch how society and how individuals within that society act and behave and... Oh. The boundaries that people are being are being torn down for people. What do you mean? Oh, like, uh, obviously, it varies from house to house, experience to experience. But you can, just with everyone with a, with those who may have to be working and being at home mm-hmm. um, with children, for example, um, the mode switching in your mind of doing something like parental, or um, and then boom, all of a sudden you've got a crisis call because you're on call and like you have no idea what it's going to be and who it is, you know? And like, for me, that's like an example that I experienced for joy. Hmm. I, I like we've, we've talked about how sometimes it's hard. Like, you know what there's maybe some thing you need to ask or some resource you need to recommend or something that needs to pop into the mind because you're in, you're working with that person, but because you're in this different environment and you were just doing such a different activity, you're just, you haven't, totally primed yourself mm. the normal way that you would go about your day to get into the professional right. mind or into that. You mode. were in father mode and then all yeah. of a sudden you have to switch into like uh, cr- uh, crisis counselor. Yeah, yeah. Crisis <laughs> counselor. Right. And all the, and then open my laptop and remotely log in yeah, and get yeah. all, everything all set up, you know, and just like, and then go back to picking up baby yeah, and yeah, yeah, like yeah. just back and forth, back and forth and how that's just blurring these boundaries. And I don't know. I think there's, Pros and cons of that, beauties, and mm-hmm. who knows what that's going to lead to. Yeah, I've been noticing, but, like, because uh, my meetings are dispersed throughout my weeks, right? Um, on every day, though. Like, I'm having a meeting, I'm having a professional meeting here, or a school meeting here, or a, a client here, or whatever. Um, but in between, I'm switching modes as well, right? And, uh, it, yeah, that transition between... Um, between those two, I think for me has has brought out more of an authentic version of myself, you know. So I'll be meeting with people on Zoom, um, and even though I'm not in the room with them and and uh, not completely physically present, like I feel more like myself um, because I just came from my backyard. Agreed. Right, Agreed. and then I'm like, oh, like like okay, let's do this. Yes. Um, and I I don't know. What, what do you do? You experience any of that? I've, I oh, thank. This has been. At, did you see the New York Times article on Zoom? No. Oh, there's <laughs> yeah, a piece on it. The Zoom fatigue. 
huh. which is fascinating to think about, especially yeah, yeah, for yeah. us as mental health professionals, you know, and how... My eyeballs hurt. Oh, yeah. And, well, and there's this actual lag, right, that's mm-hmm. interfering with our brains and our subconscious ability to pick up on those micro-expressions mm-hmm. that you and I are being able to pick up on right now in front of us, right? And how, because of... I'm not a technology guru, but how the um, software, right especially for those group meetings, how it maybe whatever it does to modify to make that a seamless experience, you're losing data, you're losing visual mm-hmm. data, right? And it's filling things in or is, I, I'm not sure. I'm not, I didn't create. Oh, it's it. working through a filter. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so that is another form of altering the information that normally our eyes would have, and our ears would have been able to take in at a certain speed and rate. And it's confusing our brain. It's making it have to think in mm-hmm. overdrive, Right, because it doesn't know why it's getting things wrong that it's predicting will happen based on what it's observing. Hmm. Um, it's a fascinating piece. Check it out. But um, but also there's this beautiful, interesting piece, right? As you just named, of like oh, yeah, I feel like just more more authenticity, more more relaxed, more chill, more natural. Right, right. Like I went from slacklining one day mm-hmm. to then doing a call that felt mm-hmm. amazing, mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. like, I wish I could always have this. Um, and to know my clients have that same, right? I've, you know, been on the phone with them. They're like, hey, do you want to go for a walk outside? And they, they go in their backyard and I'm in my backyard. And just how cool that is to connect in that way. Mm-hmm. So it's bringing up all kinds of fascinating new perspectives. and Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's a new world for sure. What have you most been fascinated by with your work and how this has impacted your work as a, like a therapist clinician? Um... Well, a lot of my work that I do with clients is, um, so I, I like to engage like a biopsychosocial spiritual model. Um, totally. and so a lot of my clients figure that out within a couple sessions that like, this is a safe place. I'm a safe person that they can talk to about the big questions, right? The spiritual questions, like who the fuck am I under all this skin? What happens after you do, like, yeah. oh yeah, that's what I love talking about. Right. So yeah. People find that out, and then um, especially during these times, there's so many existential crises. There's, uh, you know, everyone's thinking about mortality, their own, uh, the mortality of others, and what that brings up, and how uncomfortable that is to sit with that. And uh, what I find most fascinating during this time is um, those who, who are, you know, looking at reality as it was, comparing it to what it is. And seeing such a drastic comparison in such a short amount of time is giving them such a good uh, lens at what, like, they start to forward think and think about, like, what is it going to be in the future? And, like, this is like a change point. This is like a time in our history where we have so many choices to make. And if we make the right ones, like, we can evolve leaps and bounds, right? But if we be stupid about it, you know, we make dumb decisions. Um, mm. What know? would you label as, as dumb or stupid? Um, I think no matter what's going to create change, but, no, and we have a no, power I agree. to yeah, yeah. guide the path, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the no, I, the yeah, I agree. Of those. I agree. It would change either way, but yeah. um, you can speed up change in a certain oh, direction yeah, like, or right. make decisions that, like... They are in line with your goals. And yeah. You, yeah, or you make decisions that will, like, become barriers and hold you back or slow you right. down along that path. Right, right. Um, you know, I couldn't say, um, but I think things like, uh, well, in general, people acting like assholes to each other, <laughs> I don't think that's a really good strategy moving forward. You know, I think that would set us back. Um, 
uh, you know, if we were if we were to take this time mm. and reflect on, you know, what have we been doing to the environment? What have we been oh, doing yeah. to each other? What have we been doing to ourselves with the regular nine to five bull crap? You know, what have we been doing in our society that has been fucking killing us yep. with disease and all this yep. shit and heart disease and all that? You know, and then now is like this change point, this choice point where we can. I don't know. We can just start making smarter choices, and I'm not really the the one to say what those would be or what those wouldn't be. But um, yeah, I don't know. Going back to more common sense strategies that worked in the past, that were you know maybe sometimes it's okay to like take a step back before you take a leap forward, right? And we were talking before about like going back to smaller, close knit communities. I think that's a big step moving forward that we could focus on. Um, yeah. Yeah. How do you hope to be a part of that? Or oh, influence yeah. that or shape that? Um, Just participating yourself? Yeah, for sure. And, and forming, creating those relationships more? Or like how, or is there maybe a movement that most aligns with that or um, that you're a part of? You know, I don't know if there's a movement. Something, No. No, I'll, just I'll, yeah, movement's a big word, but <laughs> I mean, I just, just continued to do the work that I was so passionate about before, and I hope that that at least provides a, an, an example oh, yeah. of what's no, possible. And it I is. don't get it right, you know. Yeah, uh, I still right. slack off all the time, but um, I think we're all like propping each other up right now, and that's that's the point, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. What about you? You know, I. I'd like to combine my experiences from the military, from mm -hmm. different uh, nonprofit organizations I've been a part of, from uh, like Colorado Youth Outdoors, Campus Connections at CSU, nonprofit, the mentoring uh, roles I've been in, and really. So, what we're speaking to bring a way for us to adapt as communities mm -hmm. to this time, to this period, to this opportunity for change to you know be our ideal way of being in balance with nature and with ourselves and integrated. And, um, and I think we, you know, we really need a value shift, um, <laughs> to be frank. Yeah. Yeah. As you that's know. part of that. Yeah. That's part of that change process right. that's happening right now. Right. We're going to make some value choices. And I think it's beautiful if we even think about, in, if we think about the United States, cause we're both here, but I like to think about the whole world because we need, obviously we need to lose these, these boundaries. Well, this and, is a global pandemic. It yeah, affects everybody. So yeah. we need to like come together around something, right? Yes. Right. Um, adapting and, uh, through community, right. Um, oh God, that could go in a million directions, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I like to think about how, I've always said that the military, it's so powerful because of, as Sebastian Younger talks about in his book, about like the tribe mentality that mm -hmm. it creates through a common enemy and through a shared suffering experience, mm -hmm. basic training, mm -hmm. um, and how when I meet any veteran, I automatically know that there's this degree of you've been through some shit, mm -hmm. and, I, and I can automatically know that we can be bonded in some way in that. We've both been through some of the same shit. Right. Yeah. Right. At its most basic level, right? right? Basic training. And a lot of people have not do not have that experience. It's yeah, something yeah, yeah. that I've had to learn. It's like a rite of passage. Yeah, and just how that in in the West, how that shapes in my experience, um, society and culture, 
and how I'm always, I'm, so I've always asked myself, how can we put all of ourselves in the same boat? And we, and thank you, coronavirus. Like, I don't want to say that it's mm-hmm. had horrible impacts, but it's done that. Mm-hmm. Whether, I mean, some people can choose to not believe and, and do whatever they want to do to say it's not a thing, but it has put us into this global, global warming never did that to this, to this degree. Right. Um, and I think that's necessary as what, for what, some of the things that we kind of want to see. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of wonder how we can spend more of our time doing targeted community. So I, I think of like stations uh, mm. around Robin stations and one could be around the community. Yeah. And various parks mm-hmm. and you could have tons of different professionals from different fields all collaborating and, and having a motion regulation station. Right. And it could be like an experiential way in which youth at different ages are going through and trying to learn to, to increase their motion regulation mm-hmm. or their mindfulness practice or their yoga practice or their art, like have all these different communication skills courses, how to like, meet someone new that you've never met before. That's from a totally different place in the world and how to like learn how to do that well. And just like mm. open your mind to all different walks. Like that's something I'm so grateful I had my travels for, but how can we still right? like school is great. And there's also so many other things that we can be developing our youth to in helping them to mm-hmm. learn how to gain control of their mind and body. And totally. I was thinking about this the other day and there's a, you know, there's, there's that formal education, right. That everybody's expected to have here in the West, uh, at least K through 12. Um, but, and then there's, there's education way past, right. Formal education, but there's a whole other spectrum of knowledge that needs to be learned through there. There's social knowledge. You have to know. Yeah, exactly. Like how to talk to people, um, as a friend, how to talk to people in an interview, how to talk, you know, you got to have these skills of communication. Um, you know, there's other, you know, basic skill sets that, that you need to learn in social situations that you can't learn from a book or, you know, a textbook. Yeah. And yeah, you need an experience. Yeah. Yeah. And people, yeah, people, yeah, miss out on this that. new. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's something that I, I pull from my, my basic training experiences mm-hmm. and how those impacted me and how those shaped my perspective of my my confidence and my resilience and my ability to take sure. on a challenge or um tell me about that a little bit like what are some of those experiences you had that uh from your military experience that that you still like bring up and you're like i remember that fucking time i did that thing and, <laughs> and that was way harder than this well a lot of them are pretty standard experiences such as like going through the gas chamber mm. um, i mean i did it one twice once in base training once on my birthday right oh great out. That was happy fun. birthday they also got to sing my try to sing my birthday as their lungs are collapsing and their saliva is coming out everywhere right um and but that i was in military police so i also had to do um taser and oc spray mm. so i had to re- receive that the oc spray oh my god if you ask anyone that's 10 times worse but the taser is like five seconds of hell but the mm-hmm. longest five seconds and then it's like an amazing body release mm. and you're just, just like almost therapeutic at oh the end. yeah oh <laughs> nice. you're pumped after that we're yeah, all yeah. pumped yeah uh right and we'd clip it from the little because we had the x26 taser mm-hmm. the ones you shoot the two little projectiles mm-hmm. um but we would just clip we'd attach these probes we clip because the bigger the spread of where mm-hmm. those two little probes land the more that because that's the only path of travel is between those two probes so right? if you get them close together it, it'll just be here but yeah. that they could still probably come and attack you if it's just in this one if only on your arm right so you want to ideally have it here so it like incapacitates them um but we would clip 
one to our shoulder and one to our ankle. So oh, we get the shit. full body. So ride the lightning. And uh, that, Yeah, that sounds like a terrible experience. Yeah. How does that how does this that kid help that you? sounded like Chewbacca one time? Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> How does that help us? Well, the idea is that right by receiving these tools that we use for power and in, in in or defending ourselves or whatever's going on as a military police officer, we need to know what that feels like if mm-hmm. we're going to use that tool, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so we do the OC spray, which is what we use for riot, riot control. Um, so that way you're not using it unethically and abusing your power, right? That's a huge part of jujitsu. Right. Uh, is yeah, you don't you don't really get to use a submission unless it's been done on you many times and you know what it feels like and you know how much pressure is too much. Mm. You know, that's a huge part of that too. Yeah. I like that kind of ethic too, um, just in general, right? In in general. Like even as a professional, as a clinician, like right. I would never want to be providing a service for something that I have not myself struggled through uh arduously right. and like come out with some greater understanding. Um I think that would be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You know? So for me it's all about experiential stuff and then like the textbook stuff that I learned, like that just adds to the framework, adds to how I connect the dots of like what what I've actually experienced, you know what I mean? Totally. Like totally. from yeah, for me, consciousness builds into exactly. your life experience and what you've naturally gone through and evolved, so that you can pat, right because you can only take so you can only join someone in their journey and be able to go to places that you've been able to achieve yourself. Is some is yeah, something yeah. That I've had to learn as a therapist myself, you know, and it's beautiful to see how that um, when you align with a client so well, when you have such a goodness of fit mm-hmm. there around that shared experience or that struggle or that path you know it's beautiful connection in yeah relationship but um you were talking about like um these small communities right and, and oh. forming that right and um yeah i was just thinking about this the other day and one of my passions is sports psychology and this is like an under talked about aspect of sports psychology but a huge piece is um like the skill development uh the general skill development that comes from participation in sports as well as the social skill development that comes from participation in sports as a youth yeah. right they're so valuable um but underutilized right like pe mm-hmm. programs being cut uh, nationwide and all this stuff and and back in the day it was it was normal i had pe class and i loved it um but you know kids are getting overweight these days because you know they, they're not getting the exposure to activities that they may enjoy or that they had no idea um yeah there's probably so many there's so many ways we can like we do business. Okay. Well, I get it. Yes. We're America. We do business. It's like, but let's, how can we maximize business business with wellness and, Mm -hmm. and through connection so that everyone's able to have a working living, you know, wage and do well, but also take advantage of how we organize and distribute resources so that there's maximum benefit to the community in, in ways that you're talking about. Right. And, ha- and connect all of those youth who want to just sit and do and do find some musical instrument or some, mm-hmm. um, you know, r- wrestling or jujitsu or what Muay Thai, like whatever it is, find that person and be able to like, I, I think we can make things work to a better degree in terms of, the normal limitations of finances, mm-hmm. but still allow for there to be a financial economy. But I, I don't, that's right, not right. my world, but I think we're, we're starting to wonder. I don't yeah. know. Something I've been wondering about. Yeah. And I don't know. It just stood out to me that, um, for me anyway, like a lot of the ways that I learned how to relate to others just socially, um, came from team sports. 
right? Like I was a super shy kid Mm. coming up, um, you know, uh, in, in elementary school and stuff. And I would connect with people on the playground more than anything. Like, cause in the, in the classroom, like I was, I was pretty smart. Like I got all, you know, I got all my grades done and that part was easy. Um, but I really was like exploring myself more, you know, in these physical aspects. Um, and that's where I learned, you know, teamwork, what it means to sacrifice for the team, um, you know, about collective consciousness towards a, specific goal, right? And following through, like all these things I learned from sports um, and from martial arts, which I've had in my entire life, like I learned a lot more of the individual um, stuff, like like what it takes to, to get through a hard practice, you know, when your mind is telling you to quit, you know, all these other skill sets, mental skill sets that I get from sports or some uh, activity, um, in that, in that sense, but music too, for sure. Like, and I'm not a musician. I wish I was like, that's one thing about my life. Like, and I'll probably pick it up at a later date. Um, but I've always wanted to know some instrument. What are you going to go for? Do you know? Dude, I love the sound of a didgeridoo. Oh, those are. Yeah. Oh, it's like, it's like the, the (laughs) ultimate sound from the universe. Just like (laughs) the ultimate home. Yeah, Yeah, dude. It's so cool. I met this lady who plays one made out of quartz crystal and it's so fucking insane what she can do. And she has like this little ring that she taps on it and it, and it oh, vibrates wow. through the whole thing. And it's crazy. But either that or um, I think it's from China. I've been thinking about the steel drums. Yeah. Those nice. Really dude. Cool sounds too. Yeah. yeah. There's an instrument from China called like an air who or something where it's like a one string. Um, you see it in like a, a lot of those um, like crouching tiger yeah. type Chinese uh, Kung Fu movies. Okay. <laughs> but that sound, I just, I just love it. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, gosh, it's funny because like you're talking like there's so many big things. Like, ah, oh, yeah, 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 dude, just gosh, jump in. Juicy end. Yeah. Um, ah, <laughs> oh, so yeah, with sports, I did two year. I did like two or three years of a lot of different sports. So I like to say I'm mm-hmm. a jack of trades, an expert mm-hmm. at nothing kind of a person. But I can jump in and do decent well at something with a ball or with something with wheels, whether it's motorcycles to roller skates to whatever, you know, I I like to try it all. Mm -hmm. Um, That's been something that's been a passion of mine in life is to just try whatever I can that I have an opportunity to try. Um, And, but the military gave me a lot of those experiences as well from, you talked about like, learning how to work towards a common goal um, as a team and how mm-hmm. that you, you really learn that in sports. and Well, you learn it on the obstacle course, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wonder how we could bring that into a civilian or community context mm-hmm. and add even uh, more layers around consent and communication and how yeah. to work together. And that way you're, you're lear- like the things that we learned in grad school, right? As mental health professional, at, like, mm-hmm those factors that we see are best for human development in terms of emotional availability and mindfulness and all these other factors. And how do you create sports or activities that then develop that rather than just talking about it and then like trying, right. And that's what therapy is, but we could do that in so many more yeah. creative, fun ways. You're like trying to integrate that into uh, my jujitsu classes. Cause oh, I, I'm sure yeah, I teach like, sure. I teach once a week. Well, when it was open. Um, right. But, um, yeah, from my background, like, you know, during live matches, say, or drills, like, I'll make drills excruciatingly difficult. Um, not, I mean, physically, yes, but more for the mind, you know, 
very challenging to get in that dialogue. I'll, I'll put my students in that inner dialogue of like, oh God, I've got to quit. Like, when's he going to s- stop us? Um, and then in that moment, you know, I can read the room. I know my students and I can read it and I feel it. And then I say something like, keep doing what you're doing, but focus on your breath. Nice, um, nice. Like, pay, atten- where that's at. pay attention to what you're paying attention to, right? you know, and change that. And then I'll have everyone Beautiful. keep going and just like, do a quick focus on the breath and then we'll stop the drill and we'll discuss, you know, what did you guys notice? And, uh, yeah, incorporating that kind of stuff, incorporating a lot of breath awareness, especially during sports. That's something I learned mostly in jujitsu, how important, um, breath control, breath timing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important for anything, for crisis, for, for whatever. Right. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I'm excited to continue talking about these subjects with you yeah that's um so i want to i want to know how you conceptualize consciousness i mean you come from an interesting <laughs> i know that's a big question right uh you come from a, uh, a a diverse background and i know that that's for me that's a that's essential to what shaped sort of how i think of consciousness um and I also know that I'm super limited in, in what I know. And so it's only based on what I know. Right. Um, and yours is too. Right. But that's what's so interesting about this show is like, yes. I like to, like, you're a piece of the puzzle, right. an essential piece. Right. And I want that piece. Yes. I want you to put that piece down right here yes. today, if you could, and share with everybody. Um, because everybody's. And then the piece that we're creating, the together piece, and then how it's spreading, and then yep. other people watch it. If, you know, they listen, that sparks a piece. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. How yeah. do I conceptualize consciousness? Yeah, in a, in a in like a paragraph. <laughs> a paragraph. Like, what do you think it is? Do you like some people think it's energy? Some people think it's like um, you know particles. Some people think it's bullshit and just uh, an illusion of the mind. Some people, you know. <laughs> what is this thing that you're in? I was just watching Gaia the other night. Uh-huh. With Joy. Do you? Watch Gaia. I used to have a subscription. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know like what's on there with Ber- that's a great, yeah, yeah. great program. Yeah, I've been watching a, a lot of it uh, in the last year. Um, I didn't have it before that. And it um, it's been a wild ride. You know, my 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 inner skeptic has been going crazy, mm-hmm. um, but it's also been so beautiful to just get exposed to all these new ideas and to really re-engage with what the heck I think consciousness is. So mm-hmm. it's really a fresh topic and i it, it's beautifully overwhelming as you as you ask it to me but uh oh in a paragraph see i even forgot right there mm-hmm. <laughs> well, i guess that's my paragraph <laughs> that's really good <laughs> um have you seen uh do you have um hulu uh i don't think we have, hulu. We okay. have netflix and- there's a show on hulu uh called devs d-e-v-s um, and it's about simulation theory. Mm. And so we watched that whole series and I'd heard of simulation theory and, and read up a little bit about it. Um, do you know anything about it? Simulation theory. It doesn't know. Um, so a lot of scientists, uh, mathematicians, f- physicists, um, have figured out mathematically that, um, there's a greater chance that we are in a simulation. Uh, already yes 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 yes, yes. and then we're just one of many simulations Um, right right so um this show is all about simulation theory and they they create uh sorry spoiler alert uh, to people who haven't but i won't spoil (laughs) the whole thing you know you find this out in the first episode but um they create like this uh quantum computer right that um Ah. that can go wherever uh, 
well, it can't go wherever, but it can see um, every reality bit of every reality of every multiverse. You can just like, pew, I'm going to go look at uh, what happened to um, uh, my friend that day um, of his life, or I'm going to go look at Napoleon, you know, over there and they could do this with this quantum computer, right? Cause it could go backward or forward in reality. Cause it's all whatever. It reminds me of some black mirror episodes, dude. But it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's intense. Like it goes over a whole season. And, um, wow. so I've been thinking a lot about like consciousness as something like that. Like, like it's just consciousness is essentially like an it's an experience right it's right. it's my perception of what i'm choosing or what i'm allowed to be able to see around me and how i put that together in some way that makes sense uh through pattern recognition through pattern creation you know my brain makes up most of what i think i'm seeing i'm actually seeing this very tiny sliver like i take in all that science that i've learned throughout the years in psychology and put that in there and then i'm like um but that is you know, that's as far as it goes. And then I always, you know, I always, always want to know more. Have you seen, uh, Greg Braden? No. On Gaia or, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton? Yes. Have you, okay. And then have you seen, uh, what's the third? So they just, I just, we were watching the show, the three amigos is what it's called on Netflix hmm. of them two. And, uh, Joe Dispenza, Dr. Mm-hmm. Joe Dispenza. I yeah. saw him live once. Did you? Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, all three of them talking and it was, one of those conversations where I'm just like, holy crap, you yeah. know, like, I mean, these are things that ah, just, I can go there in my mind, you know, and mm-hmm. then it's just like, oh, it's just explosions, you mm-hmm. know, but, um, so I'm constantly, and that's what I think consciousness is, is also, it's not, it's never one thing. It's right, always right. constantly evolving and changing. And that's the only constant, right? As mm-hmm. we all know. Um, but yeah, they, they kind of were talking about like, the moment I think it was Bruce Lipton talking about the moment he's like, I'm not in here. Like you talk about these proteins and the antennas mm-hmm. on these mm-hmm. proteins and how these antennas are receiving the signals of the different spectrums and wavelengths of light and uh, just how, yeah. <laughs> or how we are just kind of coming into this body, this skin suit, this organism, right. Um, being projected from a hole, you know, and, and it's multiple organisms. 90% of your body isn't even oh, you. Yeah, right. It's bacteria and things right. like that. So, so it's just this, collect what's it called oh there's a word ah it's gone it's all right it's gone yeah gone. God, bye. No. I, I know the word i know it really well but it'll right, come it's back gone. <laughs> yeah so i mean like i love thinking about what is consciousness like on this micro level like it's this individual subjective experience of whatever reality is right the isness of this moment is what we have for reality. Um, but then I also like to think about it more on, on the macro level, like, um, like unitive consciousness or like, uh, yeah. like the big C consciousness. Like yeah. what do all of us, uh, or all of our, you know, fractal perceptions, what do we stem from and what right. do we go back to and what do we come from, You know, what do we go back to and what do we come from? So I like to think about it on that big macro level too. And that's what they, they kind of talk about in Buddhism, right? Once you wake up to the game that you're this micro fractal, you know, going back to the collective and back and forth, then you can step outside the game and just stay in that, in that macro consciousness. And then, you know, they speak of it as like blissful and they call it literally nirvana, you know? Um, so I'm fascinated about that too, like macro oh, yeah. consciousness. Yeah. What do you think about that? 
I, it's the big questions today, right? <laughs> no, and it's like, how do you know? Something that I think about, like, is how do you know where everyone else is on that journey? You know, and you not that there's and there's and it's impossible, right? Mm-mm. While also, or if you think about us connected to the co- collective consciousness, it knows, so we know. Oh yeah, right. And so there's this knowing without knowing. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like it, you put an intentional blinder on you to like make sure you don't get the full force of data. You know, as a head will explode. <laughs> you know, so you got to be like, yeah, little bits at a time. Right, yeah. <laughs> No, but I know what you mean. Like, if the collective knows everything, um, because it is everything, right. then and we have a direct connection to that, right. that everythingness, then we should be able to download whatever information we need to know about any person or any situation or any experience, right? Uh, I think that's fascinating. Some people who, in, like, near-death experiences, they'll have, like, a flashback of, like, seeing themselves in, like, the Civil War or a different era or something, and right. it'll be so real, and I bet you, like, their consciousness, like, transmuted Attached. into a different body in a different universe, you know. There's mm-hmm. these teleporting wormholes that we can go in and discover in wow. consciousness, too. See, and when you say all of it, it's like, gosh, what do you do with that information? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um... Explore. Explore. Be explore. curious. Um... What do you think about reading, you know, reading people's minds, picking mm-hmm. up thoughts and how you pick up a thought that's in someone else's and exchange, mm-hmm. you know, and how emotional exchange or that our magnetic fields mm-hmm. exchanging allow you to tune in your antenna, <laughs> if you will, to. Yeah. What do, you, what, do you, what do you. No, that's that's great. And you put great language to it, too, because. um that's how I'm tending to view the body as a vessel. You know, it's a, like a tuning fork mm-hmm. with lots and lots of billions of different receptors uh, that can pick up on so much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I'm thinking of the body. It's like this this uh, super cool, sensitive spaceship that I get to be in, right, for a, for a lifetime of it because it doesn't last forever. Um, the image of a game shark just popped into my head. A game shark? Do you remember those? No, no. Oh, I'm sorry to pull you off your pet. No, that's okay. Just you talked about like a tuning fork. Yeah, yeah. But then a game shark popped in my head, which if you remember on the old, was it on like PlayStations or an N64? It was like a yeah. Oh, like the Chico thing. The Chico thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. You just slide the cartridge <laughs> to unlock onto all it. these new mm-hmm. levels of the game, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, abilities to be in the game. Or what sure. You yeah. It just and that's what the body that's what, allows you, you to do. The fork it allows gives you to cheat code or yeah. new code. And Dude, new you get superpowers. Yeah. I talk about it with my clients, literally like that. Like, right. if you can tune into what your body and mind is capable of. Like you will feel like you have superpowers. What's and your you, favorite ways to get someone who's maybe new to that concept or idea or practice to get them to tune their forks and tune see, into see, the superpower? Yeah, see that. Um, well, I don't. I think um, there's two approaches I take. One is like teaching them a tool to do that. Uh, another way is to reflect back on experience because most people have experienced a flow experience, right? Which is like thoughtless, perfect motion presence in the in the in the uh in the present moment right a flow state it happens during a lot of different things um so having them reflect on back on one of those and say you've already done it 
Right, right. It's accessible to you. How did you create that? Let's exactly. Let's recreate that in the future yeah. in the same conditions, mm-hmm. right? So that's one. And then I can also add some psychoeducation in there and be like, this is how, you know, this is where you want your, um, you know, your challenge level to be right. uh, in relation to it. Like you'll reach more flow states if the challenge is set at this certain level. Challenge level. Um, I that. This is how... Uh, You'll reach more flow states if you're able to engage more mindfulness in the present moment, more engagement with the breath. Um, uh, you know, more flow states come with more practice. So, you know, uh, I have way more flow states now having done martial arts my whole life. You know, it's like every training match almost is a flow state. Um, but, you know, people can experience flow states watching washing the dishes. And, oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. yeah, just being there. I'm sure you experience it with your your kids oh yeah you know flow state. so having them reflect back on that and be like right. what did that feel like and what happened right before that that kind of primed Allow you for that, for that. exactly that occur, yeah. and there's special techniques that olympians use to get into flow state mindsets um i mean it's it's still quite an open field which is really interesting and why i love to connect psychedelics with uh flow yeah. state um, and how we can use psychedelics to optimize mindsets for the general well-being of everybody, not just mental health disorders, I right? Truly, like one of my favorite conversations is about how psychedelics were transformative for me with my veteran identity and my soldier training and kind mm-hmm. of, especially I joined at 17 and then got out at 24 and just like, um, yeah, it, it, it really like when I was in Amsterdam um, was my first time doing MDMA and we (laughs) got it from this awesome couple on the train on the way in. And it was me and two of my friends um, traveling through Europe for a while. And we, and so we, we, uh, yeah, take it and we're still coming on the train. And then right when we start walking in um, to uh, awakenings in Amsterdam. Uh, there's just just beautiful, beautiful giant trees, mm-hmm. and the wind is blowing. And I, <laughs> I look over to my friend. I'm like, "Do you hear the trees? They're whispering at us." Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that was such a fundamental moment. But you were me. being serious. I was being dead serious. Yeah, yeah. Like, Not like you were hearing words, but like oh, no. they're trying to communicate. Like. And, right in front of my face. And for me, the presence and the beauty of that mm. and that connectedness and that interaction and that like, oh gosh, that freedom of being in, in your thoughts and being just truly in the moment and then to feel the music and to have, mm-hmm. you know, the power of the substance to rewire and create new, you know, mm. pathways in the mind. It just did a lot for me. And that was right after, that was a few years after I coming back from Afghanistan. So I, yeah, had a lot that I had just totally ignored or push down or, and that helped me to get to that compassionate loving place and feel love you know and feel that really strongly to help me to so it transformed you in that first experience oh. in amsterdam it cracked you open that wide on the first attempt that set my new i was pretty i was the kid who listened to dare sure, <laughs> sure. I was, that's i mean i was an mp in the army i was maybe thinking about fbi or yeah DNA. yeah you know i was very on that narrow path and like hadn't done any substances until I got out of the military outside of alcohol mm-hmm. um, and caffeine. But um, so yeah, when I got out of the military and then went to Europe and ate Southeast Asia, then tried some new substances in my life and it led to a, yeah, a bunch of change um, and a passion to learn more about how we 
um, use these to help heal ourselves and our, our planet and reconnect with our nature. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, also learn how to take advantage of the cheat codes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right? um, which is why you and I have met through our work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Here locally. Yeah. 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 And we all come at it from a different angle, you know? So my, my path and my, um, my passion for finding, you know, biohacks or life hacks or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, through whatever technique is available, really, um, I engage in whatever works, um, from transcranial magnetic stimulation to, you know, meditation to, um, you know, movement to psychedelics to whatever works for me is what I, um, Are I you slacklined. Dude, I've tried to slackline. I used to be a rock climber. Yeah. Um, pretty intensely, like in high school a little bit with one of my best friends. And uh I still have all the gear and I love to do it a couple times a year. I'm not that good anymore. Um, mostly outdoor. Yeah. Um <laughs> and I know slacklining is like a a big part of the climbing culture. Um and it helps with all sorts of things for climbing and I just suck at it so bad. Like I've never been able to do it. Yeah, well, you have to come over, and I'm really ready. scared because I've had I've had nine knee surgeries, and it's Ooh. like yeah, it's just super oh, shaky well, for me for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> nine knee surgeries. Wow. Oh, I had a motorcycle accident. With, got thirty stitches on my knee. So I, my knees. Every time I go to yoga, I swear I'm like Rice Krispies snack crackle and pop every time I go down. Right. So I, now I warm up and crack, try to crack them up, but still they're so loud from all the rucksack. You know, uh, rock march run. Yeah, you guys get it bad, you know, and you don't get enough credit for, you know, the sacrifice that mm. uh, that you put in to the country when you do sign up. Um, I mean... Why do you say not enough credit? I, I kind of... Well, I mean, a lot of my veteran friends, I mean, all all my veteran friends have been through basic, right? And they've all been on long rucksack hikes and, like, um, been exposed to these... Um, training conditions that yeah have strengthened and made them who they are and made them better people overall. But the physical part of their body is just like wrecked by the time, like even if they've been out in the military for a long time, like the trauma that you take just from doing the basic stuff. I got a buddy who was a recon Marine. So yeah. yeah. No. And yeah. Then you take it to that, that spectrum yep. of experience, but yeah, still it's, yeah. it's bashing of the body. Sure. Yeah. Especially I grew up around boots yeah. and with your, yeah, no, it's a lot of extra weight on these joints that were not meant to do that. Yeah. Right. I've met so many people, um, who've been through like uh, basic parachute training and stuff and they, you know, knee injuries, uh, hip injuries, back injuries, all sorts of shit just from the training. You yeah. know, and uh, so you guys don't get enough credit as far as like um, the rigor that you know. I guess the the uh, that's why we need to bring it in a civili- civilian form, right? Yeah, <laughs> but no, remove I, yeah. the 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 goal of just pure killing and make it a goal of healing and adaptation and yeah. sustainability and yeah, emo- you know, challenge emotion. some fools, yeah, right, yeah, like but- training programs, not like. Yeah, not militarized training programs, but, like, training programs for, like, wellness. Yes. Like, hey, we're going to get you physical. We're going to get you active. Uh, whatever learning strategy works for you, you know, we'll have an inclusive approach and, and try and meet people where they're at and do it that way. But we'll use, you know, proven ev- or evidence-based methods and and some experimental methods even. And, uh, you know, it could be it could be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. 
training wellness program. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, that's one thing I've I've noticed. There's a disparity too. Um, there's some people out there who are like jogging every single day, um, and then there's people like myself who have slacked off big time on exercise since this quarantine went down. Mm. I'm just finding. My, but yeah, but you, I mean, you as you've said, do like I assume jujitsu is your primary mode of exercise majority of the time. Most of the time, yeah. So yeah, you had that immediate environment shift. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a loss. Yeah. It is a loss, so and I had to grieve loss. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, parts of me are like, ah. And there's that have... resistance to trying something new yeah. and taking something new on because you want to just get back. And yeah. Part of me is like, you know, rested up, and my joints don't hurt as mm. bad. Um, and part of me is like, god damn, I'm craving, like, choking some shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm really missing it. I'm missing the people, too. You know, that's my community. Totally. Um, that's the community oh. that I connect with. My teammates are like my family, you know? Yeah. We go out to dinner with each other once a week when we can, and we help each other move, and we, you know, get together on UFC parties. It's great. And we, we, go, to, we go to war together, you know? We go to competition together. We test ourselves in front of each other, you know? It's like a clan. It's like a tribe. Absolutely. That's yeah. beautiful. Um, I, I, it mo- it's... I'm obviously speaking from my experience, but also the veterans who have served in mental health um, and just how I've seen like how you're beautifully translating that, that tribe and that going to war mentality and how that shows up in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a lot of veterans, uh, there's this loss of identity mm-hmm. and, and then they need to be able to translate that into the civilian mode and that, and based on where that veteran came from before going into the military and all the other, you know, life factors and family of origin stuff and whatever else shapes who they are, like, there's plenty of veterans who thrive after they get it, you know, but and there's a lot who don't, right, mm-hmm. as we talk, as we always hear about. Um, and I think a big piece of it is is this, is in adapting in these ways that, mm-hmm. we're, that we're exploring for the community and with wellness, right, if we look at the standard wellness wheel and getting all of those things taken care of right which normally it was just like that was there or it wasn't and you learned to just not have it <laughs> but it was like all designed by this by the military right mm-hmm. so you have to think about a lot of it my experience too in working with vets is you know they they tell me that the military doesn't really have too much of a focus on wellness once um it's like a powerpoint slide that you look at yeah exactly like take care of yourself you know but especially like wellness after you know after retirement or after you put your time in um i mean yeah resources are not available there's a lot of counseling the va does a lot and actually i I know locally that there's a lot of beautiful new ideas coming out around va whole health program Mm -hmm. so there is nice tons of support that is coming from these holistic models of wellness um but yeah it's been a process to get there and so it's exciting to think of how that will continue to evolve mm-hmm. and how we can synthesize even more so I, like i sometimes dream of a, a military that's <laughs> offense if you will is way less about what we're about and it's just purely sustainability and working on the community and like mm. you know Peace Corps, if you will, National Guard, but national, which that yes, that's National Guard, but even still, the National I mean, they're, Guard they're community is still, members, yeah, 
Yes, they are. Right, right. That's that's what I served as, as yeah, yeah. National Guard. And so... And, but I guess I wonder if the military could, right, if we were a global species, right, it would just be purely about infrastructure and education and health, mm. right? So the military as a concept should be transformed into something or we don't more do holistic. It, or we don't, right, but right. I don't know. I just want, like, yeah. if all that funding was towards yeah, yeah, that totally. intent. No, totally. Right. I mean, my thought goes into... You know, do we even need a military? No. And, <laughs> right? I know, but at least we can start by maybe tweaking it. Like, I but, don't know. But I don't know. Do we? Like, I mean, if everybody gave it up, then no. Well, still, like, a foreign um, alien invader or something comes down. <laughs> yeah. Independence Day happens. Yeah. Like, we want a military, right. I, I would hope. Um, to have that option. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I don't... I mean, when I think about right. not having it at all, it sounds great. Uh, it does. Uh, it sounds. All the people. Yeah, it oh. sounds pretty good. Oh. But at, you know, I'm a warrior at heart. You know, I have to. I like engaging that aspect of myself, and so that's one big part of my own growth. Is like, I used to think that warriorship meant uh, physicality and mm. like um, masculinity and. Yeah. Um, I went through that process. Okay. Those are all the images that, <laughs> oh, that we're yeah. fed as a kid, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. What we see on TV and what we want to look and be like. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I figured out that that's, that's not what it's about, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to create your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's possible. It's possible to be a, s- a superhero in your own story. Ah, oh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Let's take a little break. Um, let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll come back. I want to start asking you about your uh, your connection to nature and how you think um, nature and mental health um, could be interesting pathways moving forward. Mm, sounds good. Okay. As we take a quick break from Conversations with the Mind, I just want to let you know that this award-winning episode of the podcast is brought to you by MindOps. So go check out the MindOps website, M-I-N-D-O-P-S. Now back to the show. All right, folks, we're back for segment number two with Mark Cunningham. And um, I want to get into a little bit about uh, nature, okay? So one of the most fascinating and I think really quite lovely, uh, sorry, I'm adjusting my microphone, people, quite lovely. Is that or something? I don't know. This is a, a LSD oh, molecule. Nice. Yeah. I just guess. That was, that was my <laughs> first introduction into the, the realm of uh, psychedelic substances. Ah, touche. But yeah, yeah. nature. Um, yeah, so um, I've been really interested in... Um, and so we know that nature is like the is a is it's a wonderful healer, right? And uh, recently, in the last year or so, this study came out um, on psilocybin and said that uh, people who um, take psilocybin experience um, this 
closeness or uh, connection with nature, right? Greater connection with nature. Tell me about it. And, right, exactly. <laughs> like, the, like, duh. Uh, anybody who's done mushrooms has, has experienced that for themselves. It's nothing new. But for those who who haven't out there who are listening, like, this is a really cool thing. Um, right. Because especially right now, like, um, that's one of the ways that I think a lot of us are trying to stay grounded is trying to reengage with the natural world. I mean, we're seeing... Um, you know, pollution rates go way down as people uh, utilize services a lot less. And so we're starting to think a little bit more consciously about these things in this change process, this time right now that we're making these decisions. And uh, I think that's an excellent uh, benefit that came from experiencing a global crisis like this, right? Um, but, you know, how do we, how do we do that? And one of the ways that uh, some of my friends and myself have experienced, and you too, is nature therapy or like wilderness therapy in all sorts of different forms. Mm. Um, I was hoping if you could if you could talk a little bit about that uh, and your interest in that, and um, yeah, tell yeah. the audience a little bit about sure. what that's all about. Well, um, have you read? Uh Last Child in the Woods, no. kind of standard nature therapy book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, this this was already in line with my whole piece. That's all my passion in terms of mismatched environment, right? Nature's our environment, and we need to adapt to nature. And so um, it was already there as a young boy when I found this passion for evolution to get back to our nature and learn how to be back. And that's why my, I've loved Bear Grylls and mm. all the Survivor Men and like all those shows, Discovery Channel, Animal Planet. That's all I watched as a kid growing up, you know. Like, but uh, because it drops you back into like the primal survival. And it's all about learning those skills and yeah, being yeah. on the land. And um, like, are you a yeah, survivalist? I wouldn't. I give. I mean, aren't we all? We have to be. In some that's way. It's that's just true. The spectrum of how much it, if you want to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's your strategy? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Everybody is a survivalist. Yeah. But, um, Crazy. I, I think my time in the military makes me, I love land navigation. Uh, it's something nice. I really enjoyed doing in the military and want to learn more of. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have re- recently um, been able to do this series of, so I, I volunteered at Colorado Youth Outdoors um, and then worked there um, as one of their uh, instructors um, and so they have, have you, have you heard of CYO? Mm-hmm. Um, so outdoor recreation, right. And just the beauty of that, um, and how that can foster these different, so they've got a certain model called the pact model, participate, appreciate, communicate, dedicate, and that they, those are their values that they try to infuse in their, what they're doing with families. And, um, so me being able to be a part of that and just witness that and watch that and see the connection in that, in those spaces and doing those activities was, was really a cool opportunity for me in that, um, has fed this motivation um, in my own life personally to do more work with nature. And so I've done that through um, a local um, therapist through, well, his name is Chuck Hancock, who I currently am collaborating with. And you can see more mm-hmm. information that inner life adventures or reconnecting to our nature.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and he puts on vision quests and he puts on these seasonal retreats. Um, so it's, he's kind of condensed this model. Um, but where we'll start off and be in community, right? As we once were with 
And um, so it's not really therapy, but it's more of just a way of being in nature. And you start out and he'll kind of talk about the Four Shields model, the different seasons, what those mean, north being winter and about, uh, you know, accepting death and responsibility and um, aging and where spring is about rebirth and um, transformation and doing, you know, bringing out the new and um, whereas the South is about summer and childhood and about sensuality, being your body and the ego and whereas the fall is about adolescence and introspection and how you relate to others and um, preparing for adulthood and how we're always going through these seasons Mm -hmm. of our life. So he'll kind of talk, you know, so that's been something that's been really a different way of thinking that I didn't really get exposed to in my education so um, four shields model is similar to other like uh, four direction type models um like i know in uh in some native mythologies uh the directions represent uh like uh, weather weather elements like um or um elements of the earth yeah like, no these are i think these are found the variations of this are Around the globe, yeah, yeah, different Aboriginal native populations. Mm. Um, from my understanding, so four that, shields kind of just uh, puts puts them all in in that's yeah it's one a, or it's a book I read, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's, how, it sounds interesting. Yeah, um, just being able to engage the directions in that way. Yeah, and the directions and the seasons of our life, mm-hmm. and so a way that we do that is we'll you know meet together in a group and then. Um, go off for a few hours alone in nature and um, you set some intents based on that season and what you're going on through in your life and what you're hoping to release or transform or whatever. Um, And then you also take on the properties of that season, right? So maybe I remember in the summer, like I, I, I normally, I like to be barefoot a lot. I've got toe shoes, but I love to be barefoot as much as I can. And so I love to just get into the ground and get Mm -hmm. on all fours and play around and smell things that I wouldn't normally smell or taste or, and really just connect and dive into nature. Like you did when you were five or seven, you know, and before Mm -hmm. you just like, I'm going to go on a hike because I need to go on a hike and I'm going to get to the top, take a photo and get down, you know, and just more about, no, how do I just dissolve into this experience and really just, let for me it was really profound because i was um, pretty skeptical for a lot of my life and it allowed me you know he said something like allow your experience to everything that you encounter or see or come across to interpret it as though it has meaning or or not and to just play with that flexibility of mind and see what that brings up for you so everything that you come into a contact with whether internal or external ask yourself is this meaningful or not it's an interesting exercise in and of itself, I think, because part of me says, like, well, everything is extremely important because it's all part of this holistic thing. Um, but another side of me says, like, <laughs> no, you're right. Like, there are things that are more important than others, and I need to be having priorities in where I put my attention um, if I'm going to cultivate certain aspects of my life, right? Like I wouldn't have done, uh, I wouldn't have spent 13 years in jujitsu if I didn't direct energy towards the cultivation of that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And so I made a choice there. I made a choice to to make that important in my life. Totally, totally. Yeah, no, I'm not, I, I love just the experiment of playing with, our, mm-hmm. you know, how do we choose what's important and how we spend, and maybe that's something mm-hmm. that comes up for you and then you're able to process that. And then all of a sudden you see a bird or you see a bear and it reminds you of, of a time that you, mm-hmm. you know, saw that bird with someone else and you want to reach out to them and repair mm-hmm. that relationship. You know, who knows what it can lead to, but it's just a different way of spending time 
with yourself in nature and allowing just allow agenda free, you know, but you can set some, you know, intense and mm-hmm. then, and then we come back together and we'll kind of process that and we'll share whatever we want to, that we feel comfortable of what came up in our experience. And then people have the opportunity to reflect or mirror like what, you know, and, um, yeah, I, so I did, I, I did a full year of those and that's why I celebrated my tattoo and I wanted to add all this color to mm-hmm. it because I got it in Thailand and it was just black. And so I, I did that as a way to add this dose of like creativity and, mm-hmm. and inspiration in my life. And so that was quite profound for me. I've How been, often would you do them for that year? Uh, so one each season. Oh, okay. So you yeah. did it four times in a year. Yeah. Um, and then, but now you just do, you do it on your own. You no, do that's it every really day cool. when you're at the park, when you're walking around, you just kind of switch into that mindset yeah, if yeah. You will, or that awareness. And this is sort of putting a, a little bit of a structure to it to sort of introduce people to like, Hey, this is one way where you can do it, where it doesn't involve, you know, a specific belief system in any given thing. Right. Like this is just experience. This is time out in nature with yourself. <laughs> That's right. it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you come back and you talk about it. That's phenomenal. It's so simple and yet um happens so infrequently, I feel like. Right. We always want to like add something to it. Like even if we're going camping, like uh, we don't go camping bare bones. Like most people like go glamping, you know, they bring yeah. all the amenities, yeah. like gotta have my electric toothbrush, gotta have this, I'm gonna have that and it's uh you know, I do the same thing sometimes. Yeah. You know? I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll bring a few little amenities sometimes just to make it more comfortable. But, um, you know, I think we're missing out in some of the of some of the experience of just being alone with yourself, right. with the universe. I think all those little tools or those things they they can. Oh, I don't know. It's tough because those are the universe, but they also can create this separateness or this distraction. Distraction. Yeah. yeah. Like they're useful in their own way but they don't need to be part of the experience. Right. The other ways that I've heard of um, vision quests, and this is an interesting take on it. Um, I've heard of uh, vision quests with um, uh, native peyote ceremonies too, where, you know, um, they will be either imbibing of the medicine. I think it's after, I think they'll go on like a seven or eight day vision quest up in a mountain. I'm sitting in the same spot for that period of time, engaging with themselves and nature uh, all the while, you know, their tribe is down at the bottom of the mountain uh, holding ceremony and praying and, and blessing you from the bottom, giving you that container, that support, um, you know, wailing on drums and stuff so yeah. you can hear them throughout the day. Um, <laughs> and you're like doing this meditation with nature and you're not supposed to move. Right. And then you come down after seven days and then go right into like a peyote ceremony overnight in a teepee. Where you you uh, commune with the ancestors and you do a sweat lodge after yeah. that, which is insane. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I did a sweat lodge after the spring one. Aren't they yeah. amazing? Oh my gosh! That was always the most intense part of um, the experiences I've had with the Native American Church and uh, with the peyote ceremonies I've done with them. You know, it's the sweat lodge afterwards. You know, that's where I've communed. It's incredible. With, yeah, yeah, it's so insane. Yeah. Did you do that? That what you were just describing that whole hmm. with um the vision quest the vision quest no i want to do one like that um i i know um a group that does them yeah. in in that tradition um and i think their tradition is is sort of a mixture between uh, more native united states indigenous uh knowledge and uh, tibetan buddhism so it's sort of like a 
That's cool. Uh, yeah, it's like a combo. Fusion. <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah, it's quite interesting. And I, you know, I, I kind of think that's okay. I think it's okay to be able to yeah. uh, not be a fundamentalist in anything, you know, just kind of combine. And um, anyway, I do want to do a vision quest. I think it, I think rite of passage is something that's lacking in our 100%. society. Yeah. yeah. And, and the way that you commune with nature, um, that is a bit of a rite of passage. This is something I want to do with my 10 year old stepson. He wants to get his ears pierced. Uh-huh. So we were like, okay, cool. And how can we maybe make more meaning out of this for him? Mm-hmm. How can we make this something that he earns? Or So that way when he looks in the mirror and he sees that, it means something just to another layer, you know, instead of just, I've got the flashy thing in my, you know, like right. self-expression, awesome. And let's put some, and so, yeah, we, we, we've been talking about doing something with him this summer uh, in a vision quest kind of format, but, you know, have some boundaries, but allow him to kind of roam. And we've got some, their grandparents land up at rest canyon road that we can use where there's just some good areas beautiful mountains mm. so you're thinking of turning him loose on the mountain um something you know we're still coming up with it but doing mm-hmm. something like what i've experienced in these um in these with the four shields model and doing that with him but just adapting it to him being a 10 year old mm-hmm. right that rite of passage and mm. um tie it to the season, but also tie it to the transition from elementary to junior high school and what that's going to lead to, you know, it's fun to think about. I haven't, we haven't nailed it all down, but that's, yeah. No, it totally is. We've got to create our own rites of passage. We yes, have to, yes. this is the thing. Yeah. It's not handed to you, you know, not right. in our culture anyway. Right. In our culture. That's what I thought the army was going to be. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people th- believe, yeah. you know, uh, military service. Or went to it for in the absence yeah. of, right. Did you feel like you got a rite of passage through it? Yes. Yeah, for sure. It definitely changed that meaning after, for me, after Afghanistan. It mm-hmm. definitely totally changed, but still, it was definitely rites of passage in a lot of ways for myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think everybody needs to go through things like that, and especially probably based more on um, psychological development models, you know, like rites of passage from childhood. That's what we've been describing in this community. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, but like, just like you guys do your belts, right? Yeah. And, but for achieving these ways of giving or these ways of mm-hmm. communicating or these ways of, right. Not reacting in your normal way with that normal thought pattern and that normal yeah, behavior yeah. and being able to choose to respond and, you know, and, and how we can test that or practice that. Yeah. We can start to get creative with methods. I always jump back to, um, thinking about like Spartan children yeah, and how they were trained as warriors from the very beginning, and sent out into the wilderness, and you had to like come I mean, back they do with it in something. The East. They still do it. They right? still do stuff yeah. like that. And um, why not something similar here? I mean, it doesn't have to be like a hunting venture or something, but or it could be. But it, you know, it, we can think about like what is the core thing that you're trying to establish here? What transition are you trying to cement in this person's life at this given time? And then what can you do given their interests to create uh, a rite of passage around that, right? So It's got to so, be a yeah, two-way process. A two-way, yeah. right? You can't just force somebody no, no, through no. a rite of passage they don't want to go through, right, it's like but creating them. You used to get circumcised, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> In Africa, like... No, I think creating like, <laughs> like for cool, yeah. but I'd rather have a different path. <laughs> if, if I could have had a rite of passage from like adolescence to adulthood, that would have been so helpful. Mm. You know, I didn't have one there and so it became like college drinking culture which is why they always talk about right how the adulthood or early adulthood or adolescence has expanded really 
Uh, oh, you mean like it, it's just lasting longer? Like yeah, people now are being more childish. Yeah, <laughs> it's like well, because we need rites of passage, and yeah. we've lost that. So now we're seeing that in our morphology or in our in the species and how we. You know, how does that work with evolution, though? Like with the with the so there's big cultural e- evolution. Or? Well, there's big E evolution, right? Evolution of man over time, right? Right, and then there's small E evolution. I think like the potential for the human as an organism to evolve within their lifetime, right? Right, to right. make these smaller evolutions. Um, so I don't know where I was going with that, but which is right? That's quantum physics. That's epigenetics that's it's creating your own reality it's right. it's all that stuff you're given a, a set of variables when you're born here's your genetics what are you going to do with it right and so this is this is like a, a piece of who we are as humans is engaging with this evolution yeah process yeah. right what are we going to be right. and so without the rites of passage along the way the benchmarks right. of this unfolding process you're kind of left Feeling like, who am I? What is this? Uh, yeah, zigzagging all over the place, right? Like not not on a mm. not on a path. Isn't that the beauty of it, though? It's creating your for own some path, people. It's terror. Path. I don't know. I'm just playing yeah. devil's advocate, right? No, that is that's the beauty. I believe right. so. Yeah, but some people are trapped. You know, yeah. in, in no, there needs to be that opportunity because we are social species, so we yeah. need our cultural framework, and when that culture prioritizes things like capitalism or business or war, like it then loses the energy and investment and other things that it was previously focusing on is what that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what we're, we've seen in our, in the United States, you know, and we, we have to really, I mean, that's always what the war in politics is about, Mm -hmm. right? So those values. And so it's like, how can we just, that's what we're learning right now, right? How can we just depend less and less on politicians and on the government to tell us that? How can we just do that from, locally i'm loving seeing everybody's gardens dude right like reconnecting in nature in that way yeah yeah it's fantastic you know being being able to feel like yeah i i am in control of at least a little bit of my future because the rest of it seems you know a bit Uh, out of control yeah no we we haven't planted yet but we've been talking about planting we've we've got an hoa so we don't own a lot of the land Mm -hmm. we've got this kind of little strip that we've been wanting to build but uh I'm I'm very envious of your setup now. It looks really cool. What what uh, do you know? What all have you planted everything yet, or do you have everything like, mapped out? Yeah, we planned everything. Um, Callie was great. She looked up. Uh, you know, there's like this program online where she could um, uh, put a a plot on her screen and then design it with um, uh, different vegetables uh, using like a grid. Like CAD, like looking at it. I don't know what that is. Software, like yeah, yeah, architectural just, software. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Or like a sim thing that yeah, you're just yeah. building, right? So she did that, and she put some research into, um, you know, which vegetables complement others and grow well to together. <laughs> um, I mean, we're Here still scratching the surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, we did that, and then we did a little research, and then we built the boxes ourselves once this uh, started. Uh, and that was pretty expensive, actually. Yeah. Um, we're hoping that they last a while. Um, yeah, and planted everything. She started the seedlings inside. So we got potatoes and beans and tomatoes and basil and strawberries, uh, lettuce and spinach and all sorts of things. randomly exploded. Have you been to a rise? I've never been there. Oh, okay. No, I wish I could have gone, but they're no longer going to do it. Are they no 
long just this year because of covid well just this year they, at the they, property they um, stopped they broke off the relationship with sunrise yep, ranch they can't do it there anymore yeah. so they may do it somewhere else i don't know but yeah. i've never been well all those people all that energy i'm sure they'll find a way i mm-hmm. hope they do because just hearing you talk about the garden it just makes me think of a lot of the workshops i went to when i've been there i've been there ah, three years um and they have a lot on sustainability and permaculture and in addition to the music festival in addition to all the other in spirituality and they have the healing village, um, hmm. where you can go and there's some really intense workshops, some really crazy workshops I've been to in there. Actually. Like what? Um, there's some things that I, my critique, like it was really interesting. They should really have some liability. They should have some like informed consent stuff for something. Like I'm going to jump on your back and this is going to heal you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm going to twist you this way. Yeah, they they had this room where you go in and it's like, um, God, I wish I could remember what the sign said for the name of it. But um, you come in and there's this lady in, in it and she, they put a blindfold on you and they spin you backwards. Hmm. And as you sit down, it's like a mm-hmm. kind of corkscrews. You sit down and then bring you back up. And it's like the seven layers of consciousness, maybe. Mm. I don't know, maybe I'm making that up. but And then they... Put a bl- they keep the blindfold on you and you go and then she guides you and then you get down on your knee and you crawl. It's like under this like parachute thing and you're mm. crawling through this material. So it's like you're coming through the birth canal, mm. right? And you're coming and you come into this other room where and you but you can't see anything, but you can hear that there's people in there. And um yeah, my partner Joy and I were we did it together. She was like she I think she went in just before I did. Um Cause we were crawling and I could hear her ahead of me. Yeah. And, um, we, it was like this, it's kind of like COVID. It kind of reminds me of COVID, right? When you go, Oh God, that's fascinating. Sorry. <laughs> um, you go in this room and you can feel this other energy, other people and bodies and you hear, and, and you hear kind of some gig, you hear different voice, different things going on. Um, and you're trying to like, just, you don't know, what, but they haven't told you anything. They just, they just said crawl. Mm. And they don't tell you anything else. And so that was just, you're dealing with all, whatever the heck's coming up in your mind sure. and trying to figure out like what to do or where to go or what, like if you just sit there and freeze or like people have all their different response. Joy and I, we got, we got too scared. We'd pull our eye, eye shades off and we saw people like, there was people like kind of cuddling. There was there was no sex going on, but there's people like cuddling and there's people like kind of sitting in different little pods. And we just looked around and under this parachute. Oh, oh, so you come through the parachute. It's like this tunnel, mm-hmm. and then you're in this bigger tent room. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Different social um, groups going on. Yeah, but everyone's still got the blindfolds on. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. And so... So you just fun, kind of feel around until you find until a group you, of people? Yeah, figure out how to interact with the people that are blind around you and to whatever. Interesting. And... So For we, sure, we, liability issues. Yeah, <laughs> right. Consent. And, oh, who knows what could happen? Oh, man. Yeah. And so we left. Uh, but they had a lot of other very cool workshops that, um, not to say this doesn't have meaning, but like, oh my God, consent, right? Um, liability. Ah, so all of this with Arise. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm inspired of how we can kind of recreate a mini Arise monthly or. Mm. In, or I don't know. Where like groups of healers come together and yeah. and put on workshops. I mean, they do they do these things in parks. They do like yoga workshop things in, mm-hmm. in, at City Park, and they do other healing. Like, but making it, I don't know. 
I just see more experiential, more organized, more. I'm sure you. I mean, I'm sure passage. More. You could start with as easy as like putting up like a, a flyer. Yep. At grocery stores for yoga in the park, and have everyone distance six feet apart, and you could get a few hundred people doing it at once. So Joy and I, we we did a. She's a yoga instructor, and we mm-hmm. did a chakra series lecture. Um, nice. Kind of did it together out on this ranch. Um, just north of Greeley, uh, this lady wanted to. She owned, it's a wedding venue normally, beautiful, beautiful place, and so we did a seven part series based on the chakra, each mm-hmm. chakra, and I kind of added a mental health or some type of activity, like we did mindfulness of food, you know, one day, and um, yeah, so we want to keep building that and do that. So I appreciate your yeah, the flyers thing going mm-hmm. around and just yeah, it's tough. I don't know. Well, we, we should talk more about it. Well, people are seeking ways that they can you know engage with that part of themselves again you know and there's not many opportunities right now i know all the martial arts gyms are that closed. Makes it so confusing right with yeah. like the covid context mm-hmm. of like how do we do this all right. on video the boring like right. how do we how do we phase into it as we go through this, right who knows two-year process is what i recently mm-hmm. read i don't know you know who knows what this yeah. is going to look like because there's a yeah. immunity there's a missing aspect of being in someone's physical presence of someone else we've got to be able to be outside though i think there's something mm-hmm. to being outside that feels safer right that's why that's a one reason why cities that like are really dense like new york are so bad it's, it's not only because there's so many people but because they're so indoors mm-hmm. So I think there's a safety to being outdoor. I don't know if this is what you know the experts would say, mm. but but how can you you can make that distance and you're not touching all the same surface no, as true. much and just different ways you know wear PPE or what whatever we got to do, but still do the community and do mm-hmm. the activities. Yeah, I am I am liking some of the things that I'm seeing from different communities. I know our community up here we like to howl at eight <laughs> o'clock yeah. in in unison. It's really nice. So um, cathartic. And some places, like out on the East Coast, I think it was in Detroit, like these uh, these group of uh, big buildings around each other, they'd all come out and sing this particular song that was popular all together. Mm. Um, and so I've been seeing things like that and, and people who are stacked on top of each other, literally like trying to find community because it is hard to get outside. Um, you know, so you're trapped within your own your own nature that you create. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is probably the key, right? Right there. Yeah, make your home a sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. I know. Right now, this this your time house is so beautiful in that way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, during this time, it gives us a lot more time at home, and uh, doing work around the house is a great way to procrastinate from school. We work. just bought we bought a projector. Movie oh, projector. nice. We're hoping to do some summer movies. Hell in yeah, our, in our yard. So nice. you have to come over if you guys are down. We'll. We got a sheet. We'll just put it hanging on the outside of the brick wall. But yeah, that was like, I was like, I don't want to buy a whole new TV, but I want a really big screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, I want to do it outside by the fire pit, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, adding technology to nature, not one of my favorite things, right? Right. But to just connect with the family that way and have enjoy our yard in that way is yeah. real fun. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think these nature-based treatments, um, they have a ton of potential and some, you know, some people feel like going to nature-based treatments or, or things like that, more um, natural ways, is to, like taking a step back, right? Like it's taking a step back. We've advanced from that into te- technological age, right? But for me, like, again, it doesn't feel like a taking a step back. It no. feels more like a, a reimagining of what is That will there. only help us to 
to continue to evolve technologically, I believe. Right. It would be just this beautiful balance of co-evolving, of being connected with our roots, where we are and our ancestors and what we adapted mm -hmm. to in Africa for 200,000 years and what this body and this brain has evolved to be. But then you, you take, right, insanely fast culture change and technological change, which makes it so hard for our, our, our evolution to keep up. Um, and so you have to find this balance to that rhythm, I believe, is my own philosophy. Um, hmm. And I think if we get that balance of our nature time, then that will allow our creativity potential and technological evolution to continue to skyrocket. And hopefully it'll allow us to not let technology, you know, or be wiped off the planet or, you know, hopefully that is what will save us in mm -hmm. terms of recognizing, Hey, this is our freaking planet. And yeah, let's continue to grow and innovate and evolve, but let's do it in the way that's most sustainable and adapted to the limitations of mm -hmm. <laughs> the universe while also exploring the, those limitations and mm -hmm. in, in science and so how do you or what would be your advice to somebody who is sort of like in those i mean most people in this country are are in urban environments right with limited contact to actual physical nature right what do you what do you think is one way that people can engage with uh nature that's that's uh inclusive of, of most people's experience right now yeah what's a good way and that's one thing that when we started my when i did my first retreat um Chuck, he said, he, like, we, we met at, like, a Target parking lot before we all drove mm -hmm. out to this um, beautiful spot west of Loveland uh, in the mountains, uh, foothills. And um, he's like, all right, thanks, everyone, for getting here. You are in nature. <laughs> this is our nature. It's just currently a Target and this, you know, blacktop and these streets and these cars. And, you know, and that that's something that I most love. It's like, yeah, we call the nature over there mm -hmm. or do we draw these separateness lines mm -hmm. in our mind of now I'm in nature. And I think that's a part of the poison. Mm -hmm. And then when we can let that thought and belief go and notice, no, we're always in our nature. We're just put walls and whatever around it or in concrete. Like, yeah, that separateness that's is an illusion. Nature. Yeah. And exactly. And so I think by doing that though, it can help ground us even more um, to appreciating the nature that is in your front little tiny, if you've got a little plant on your windowsill, or if it's the nature that's in the giant park next to you or the mm -hmm. nature that's in the mountains, that's an hour away, like really dive into it. And that's the power of psychedelics. How, right. How it can mm -hmm. make a rock or a pine cone turn into this amazing, incredible <laughs> transformation, yeah. you know, whether it sticks with you, I mean, it sticks with you, but like maybe it's related to your career aspirations, maybe not, but it's certainly a whole new way of experiencing a pine cone mm -hmm. and respecting the interconnectedness of the ecosystems that we're a part of that we forget about when we're just in go mode and in, you know, in career mode or in whatever mode we're, we're most consumed by. Um, so yeah, I, it's beautiful. It's how you that, put that. Thank you. Appreciate mm -hmm. that. So yeah, just that remembering that and when we go on our walks or when we go outside to really outside of our living home to just open up mm -hmm. open wide and keep practicing yeah <laughs> yeah I, I mean what came to mind for me i think is um ex exactly where you went you know if you're in a place where you feel like you're living in a box uh 
you know, isolated from nature, um, go get yourself some nature, you know, whether it's just like you, you take a coffee mug outside, go pick a, a plot of grass and some dirt and put it in that glass and bring it inside and take care of it, interact with it, um, put it down in front of you and stare at it, become it. <laughs> yeah. Then you, you get a sense of something larger, right? Um, I had this experience once in, um, it was in 2009 when I was going through um, my inpatient addiction treatment out in California. Um, and I was uh, on the beach one day. I'd had a really rough day, really ang- a lot of anger coming out in, in like therapy and stuff. And went out to the beach by myself and was just laying there. And just laying on my stomach looking at the sand, my focus went from everything outside of myself like the whole world around me you know everyone on the beach and i zeroed in on just like this little piece of sand maybe five inches by five inches in front of me okay and just stared at it and i everything else yeah everything else went quiet right and i was looking at this thing and it it was an entire world yes down there right each little piece of sand was actually like like a different shape and some was glass and some was not. And there were little creatures and animals going through the sand. It was, it was an entire world. Uh, and I looked at this and I'm like, Oh my God, like this is underneath me all the time. Right. This is happening around me all the time. It's not all about me. Like yeah. I'm part of this larger system. Um, nature is so vast and beautiful. And um, I am, part of that but i am nothing <laughs> in there you know uh and i it was just like one of those moments where you're just like I in, get to in observe it. yeah i get to be here right yeah now. and so these small little patches you know this experience that i was talking about like get a patch of grass or get a get right. a small flower and just sit with it yeah and try and imagine like what it's like to be that thing right right like this what is, is why it? i love yeah. having snakes so much oh damn <laughs> i guess do you visualize yourself as snakes well I mean, sure. That's one of, you know, yeah. as you were saying, I mean, you always got to uh, visualize everything, right? Imagine that experience. But um, I, the I reason I like them is because I think I, I love, like I, I worked at a pet store when I was 15 and I loved those taking care of all the small creepy crawlers to mm-hmm. the birds, to the hamsters. But uh, so, right, creepy crawlers, that's what people call it, right? Or the snake, like the, the things that a lot of people struggle with because of our evolution, actually, right? Because it's mm-hmm. looking out for us to protect us. But how you can have this new experience with removing the fear of I'm going to die or I'm going to get hurt or I'm going to ew and really appreciate the beauty of, of even the weird, ugly, scary things, you yeah, know, yeah. and that, and I love when any time like one of the boys, their friends comes over or someone comes over and you're a little snake. No, it's like, ah, here we go. New experience, you know, <laughs> get, get over whatever, you know, see, see it through a new lens and. Yeah, it's really fun to do that. With I first held a snake in preschool. Yeah. And I distinctly remember oh, yeah. that experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, that brings me... I think I had the same same experience. Yeah, it was just a little garter snake, but someone, someone had it. <laughs> yeah, I got to hold it, and it was really creepy at the time. But oh. I got over it after my first yeah. experience, you know? So imagine how much, right, getting over things we can do with oh, yeah. connecting to nature in this way. Or having yeah. a, new, a new experience, a new relationship with nature mm-hmm. in all of those little ways. What I, what I think I'm most excited for um, is, is 
how do we like optimize our relationship with nature? Optimize. Yeah. I love that word. I'm going to throw that in there for (laughs) how do yeah. How do we optimize our relationship with nature? Right. Um, well, some of the building, like pictures of buildings that I've seen in those really urban areas that, um, have Uh in greenscapes built into them and like farms that are growing food and it's putting back more oxygen than it's taking out. And it has like carbon neutral footprint, all this stuff. Like, I'm so excited to see if this if this COVID thing helps us transform towards more sustainable architecture I mean, is, and yeah, yeah right. if it's if it's really going to push us to get our head out of our ass, you know? Yeah. Well, no, and just with like being working remotely in my position, and like you said, the nine to five grind, right? And just mm-hmm. like, I mean, not every job, right, has that ability to. Um, but uh, yeah, how can we all, uh, really just change how we do like one thing? I don't know. I'm not an economist. I don't real estate. It just boggles my mind. Do you ever think about like the, the, just the continual cycle of real estate, right? And the plummets and the crashes, bubbles Um, and the the bubble. Yeah. The finance market. And can't we do that another way? Can't we agree to do that another way? That's less of a gamble. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, it's just, when you get in, you when you get out, oh, oops, you're screwed, or oh, here's here's a million yeah. dollar. Like it's like, it's like it's a game. Yeah, and it's like I, I didn't. Can we do that differently? Right, for this should be a tool, or, not a game. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. That's about. a great point. Optimizing our lifestyle, and that way we don't have to go to work forty hours a week or fifty hours a week or so, whatever it is, you know, like to make it so that we're truly spreading. It's been fascinating to see, like. The chain, the supply chain productions for certain food industry, like right, like so. There's this one farm or this one, like they're dumping all the milk. Did hmm. you see that? No, right? no, no. Like, like they supply to these Starbucks, and now all these Starbucks are closed, and now they're like, well, you got nowhere to send the milk, and so we're just going to dump it down the drain because we can't figure out quickly enough for how we didn't already have back how to allocate it, yeah. how to redistribute it to people in need, mm-hmm. you know. And it's so now it's because who gives that shit away? Right, and obviously they have jobs and they need they need the money for to sustain. But it's like, can't we find a way to? Re- but there's obviously complexities to like certain fruits, and it's like, oh well, you only have certain X amount of days, three days until this is ripe or ready to go. Mm-hmm. And so obviously there's limitations for each food. But like, I think this is going to bring about all these. Now we've never experienced this before, so mm-hmm. now the, now they are going to probably have these conversations that you and I are having when we don't own a dairy farm, like right. Mm-hmm. So we know that that's at least out there and. On the other side, I wonder if restaurants are experiencing less um, waste food, right? Like throwing away less because they're not open, right? Um, right, that's beautiful. Yeah, I, I mean, I know that's a huge thing. We throw away more, like at like fifty percent of our food because we're seeing it as this luxury kind of experience mm-hmm. in addition to it being a meal. I mean, it depends on the person, but yeah, I I never I'm the leftover monster at my house, so. Yeah, I'm always me too. Up the kids' partials when mm-hmm. they leave their orange juice. Or I'm a survivalist when it comes to my food. Oh yeah, like I finish if I order it, I finish it, oh, or I am ordering with the intent of finishing it later. Oh yeah, <laughs> always, always. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now we got some compost out back too, so we we waste even less. Um, I love not having a full trash bin each week when the trash man comes, and it's like, yeah. There's only a couple things in there, buddy, and the recycling yeah. bins like yep. overflowing. Yep, it feels really good. <laughs> yep, yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, so we got to do what we can. Um, stay connected to nature and 
realize that there's a you know there's a, there's a whole world right in front of you when you have like a plant or a living thing. Oh, did you hear that? Yeah, that's my dog no, Ty. No. <laughs> he's a he's a co-host often yes. on this show. <laughs> but yeah, he's probably barking at the mailman. Um, so yeah, I wanted to share too. I don't know if you knew this about me. I was a uh, I. My entire youth, um, I wanted to be in the military. Um, and so I sent myself to uh, uh, military high school out on the East Coast for a couple of years. Yourself. Yeah, I begged my mom. I was like a sophomore in high school. I'm like, I need to go here. I'm going to go to the Naval Academy. I'm going to become a Navy SEAL. And this is a part of the pathway. Right. I have to be prepped. Um, so I went to this military school for two years. And... Um, that was like it was definitely like a rite of passage, especially the first year. You know, um, we're getting hazed all the time, doing all sorts of, uh, and there they use um, they don't use what is it corporal punishment? They don't use, they don't like smack mass you around. Yeah, no, they'll oh, do mass punishment. Right, they won't. Corporal, right. they, yeah, they won't smack you around, but they'll make you do push-ups for four hours. Or <laughs> they found other ways. <laughs> oh yeah, or, or like if your bed isn't made perfectly, they're gonna strip that and everyone else's, and then the, everyone else is gonna kick your ass later. Oh, you know man. these kind of things, right? And it becomes a rite of passage, but it also so at the time parts of it sucked, but even now I'm like I'm so glad I went through that because um, number one I learned the value of like doing things the correct way and having discipline and. Um, attention to detail yeah attention all that stuff um so important so valuable and um you know and so many people i think just don't have that uh that opportunity to yeah to practice and develop and get exposed yeah i mean and sports aren't for everyone right yeah sports aren't for everyone so yeah, that's what I mean. Like, fine, we need to, f- and that was my way, right? Was sports, but yeah, yeah, it's not for everybody. So finding, and, yeah. yeah, whatever they're into as kids, like using that as like I'm going to meet this kid where they're at, and I'm going to find something about this thing that I can turn into rite of passage, you know, um, some small mountain that we can set out in the distance <laughs> to overcome. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. How did you start that piece? I already forgot. I thought there was like oh. a question or that, or there was a. No, I don't know. I, I was just talking about, um, oh, yeah, it was just my experience with um, military oh, and wanting right. to be that's in the right. military. Right. And I grew that's up around so military people. And, and you did that for all four years of high school? I did it for two years, and then I discovered good old LSD. Ah, and uh it set you free yeah it kind of <laughs> set me free it showed me the the oppression that was in all these systems wow. and showed me like wow. i was i was thriving in these oppressive systems yeah. i was doing really good right um but i didn't like that i was taking part in them anymore once i once i saw what it was all about um you know this punishing model, and so how yeah. I woke that, up. How did it reveal you to that? Uh, you were fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, I think I was f- fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, because so, so, I didn't do anything. I, I did. I didn't LSD do anything up like until then. Twenty five. I did LSD. Mm-hmm. I think, and then I, but I did mushrooms at twenty four also, mm-hmm. and that was mind rocking. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering, but I'm just wondering how that landed on your. You said fifteen mm-hmm. year old mind to teach you about these oppressives, like how it <clears> did. I mean, that's a huge how it did question, that? right? <laughs> sure. How did it unlock that Game Shark cheat code? <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, that totally was. Uh, 
Yeah, I tapped into my higher self for sure. Um, and back then, too, it was all recreational. So I, w- I didn't have that mindset of, like, I'm going to grow from this and I'm going to develop right, and right. mature Just from this. I was right. like, holy shit, this exists. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> That's what it was more like. Um, but the first time, um, you know, I had been totally straight from up to that point because uh, I come from alcoholism deep in my family. And I just was like, I'm just going to cut that out and not and avoid it all. Uh, but in military school, one day we went to an amusement park for like a f- field trip or something. And it was rainy that day, so there's nobody there. Just us, just a bus full of like adolescent military school boys. Um, and two of my friends, who were actually sergeants above me, um, and I was, I was a first year, um, they had already experienced psychedelics and they had some LSD um, blotters with them that day. And we were friends, and so they let me in on it, and they're like, hey, yeah, do you want one? And I think part of it was peer pressure, wanting to try it, but I also trusted them, and I wanted to be cool. Um, I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll take it. And um, Strap it. Right, we were in an amusement park, and all we did all day long was play laser tag. We must have played like 50 games in a row because there's no line, right? We finish a game of laser tag, and then we just go back in the line. Oh, you know, Or roller coasters. There's no one there? There's no one in the park except for oh. a bus full of military school boys. Oh, that's right. Okay. And we were on LSD. I was going to say, that could be terrifying. It was a whole park, but it was just... Oh, know, yeah. It was just us. It that's was perfect. That's a great setting. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a magical setting. Um, but it uh, didn't really... Uh, like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that's how it broke it open. And then I went and then on the drive home on the bus, you know, we're just giggling and laughing because obviously we haven't come down yet. This yeah. is a 12-hour thing. And then <laughs> later that night after taps sounded, I snuck out of my barracks and went and hung out with them in their rooms and stuff while we were all coming down. And um, Did you but, have, like, a formation or anything or any type of meeting with Cadre? Oh, uh, no, it was raining that day. So they're, after we got back, oh. they're just like, you guys, you know, go to your rooms uh, for the rest of the night. Perfect. Yeah, so no, it was good. Scott free. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I don't think it was – I mean, it was it was like the next day or the next week when I would wake up in the morning and start to look around at the systems around me. I was like, this is not – this doesn't feel good. The, what happened the other day in that amusement park, that's what felt good. That was like pure joy and love and like – that's what I wanted. And, and then I started to broaden out to a macro lens again. I was like, I don't want to do this with the, for the rest of my life. I don't want to do military. I don't want to be part yeah, of these systems. Sure. I don't want to be told what to do. Like yeah. I wanted to be in the military to do a couple things, jump out of planes, um, go really fast, shoot cool shit, blow shit up because that stuff is fun. I didn't jo- want to join to like hurt people. Yeah. Um, and I saw into those systems. I, I don't want to do that. But I can go be a civilian and have fun with this new thing that I found and eventually jump out of planes, learn martial arts, you know, go shooting. And, you know, right, I can still right. do all the stuff I wanted to do, but I don't have to be part of the system. See, it's so fascinating, right? You experiencing that at 15 versus me at like 25. Yeah. And getting those same messages and same insights. But then it's like, oh, crap, but I've been living this way that I don't agree with anymore. Yeah, yeah. And how do I just blind? How do I adapt to that? fact that i just did all that and Mm -hmm. how do i integrate like all of my intents and motives that drove that pursuit um that's been a lot of my work in therapy right i've been like yeah rechanneling like how do you rechannel that energy because it's a strength of yours right totally totally. like growing up that way and being like that it led to it led to a lot of depression and oh yeah a lot of suffering oh my god once i like when i came back from so i took 
did freshman sophomore year and then deployed missed three semesters came back and finished my last two years for my anthro undergrad mm-hmm. was doing kind of a, our heavier theory course 300 um standard kind of course and um we we're talking about things like tribalism and nationalism and you know these identities and how that shapes cultural evolution and and these invaders and like like i like sitting there and i'm just listening to these themes and these theories and i'm like all of a sudden, it just finally clicked. I don't know why it took so... It just clicked, and it was like this overwhelming flood of just disconnection in this moment of my mm. body, but also, like, flooded with emotion, but also just, like, very alone, and felt like, okay, what was I just doing for the last year in Afghanistan? And, like, I'm surrounded in this room, and no one else knows that experience. And now I'm just seeing myself as another one of these, you know... Like, I mean, I was thinking about it consciously. Like, like I was an atheist in while I was in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always Tell like, you the truth, a lot of atheists find their way with psychedelics. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm finding. Totally, totally. I was too. Um, and so I was always, like, pissed off that I was like, I'm fighting a war of religion and resources. Like, mm. I, you know, like, I knew that. But there was something about that day where it just clicked in me around, like, yeah, my role in pursuing that and being a part of that and benefiting from that and how that and just all the guilt that that brings up and all the just need to process. And mm. um, so, yeah, that's why I chose to become a marriage and family therapist. Um, eventually, it, like at first it was like, I don't know what the fuck I want to do with my life now. I just know I'm not going down that path because mm-hmm. I want to think for myself and and create, done that. create change in the world, but not with a rifle, you know? And, yeah. Um, so that fortunately led to me traveling because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And thankfully I had um, some savings accrued. And so I did, we did Europe and Asia, as I said. And then that led to me just loving being in these hostels and meeting all these people from all these different cultures mm-hmm. and just really getting to learn their different ways of mm-hmm. doing life, you know, and how they view us and how we view and just having these UN meetings all around mm-hmm. a card table, drinking the local beer, wherever we're at, you know, just like, all right, America, what do you guys think of that? All right, Germany, you know, just fucking comparing ideologies of, yeah. and national you know, and I was like, identities how, huh. exactly and that that's what planted the seed of like how can i do this with people just to get to learn about their evolution through life and their culture and their society and how that shapes their experience and do that in a way um and i had gone to my first therapist after i got out of the army and that and that so that, and i had taken one marriage and family <laughs> therapy for sexuality course mm-hmm. I, I really took a lot of focus in that my undergrad is around sexuality and so i did that one and that exposed me to just the idea of marriage and family therapy. So then I just kind of went for it. And I came mm. up here and applied to grad school here at CSU and got in. It was the only one I applied to. And, um, yeah, it was kind of terrifying going from being a military police officer to being a marriage and family and being the one lone, being, a counselor. being the one male with 13 females that was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm strapped in for, you talk about feminism. That's when yep. feminism got slammed into me after being in pure, you know, patriarchal oh, yeah. military. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. The 180, and uh, it was intense, and it was tr- hard, and fucking brought up a lot of shit, and it's still, you know, it's, but it, uh, yeah, it's led to where I'm at today, and it um, feels a lot more in line with my values, and it feels like I'm mm. really bringing in those past experiences to meld into all these beautiful ways from I work with you at Prati to nature therapy to healing relationships, which mm-hmm. is so much about my, you know, my, what my inner child went through, you know, and wanting to bring that change to our culture. Yeah. Well, you're doing good work both yeah. on yourself and in the community. 
Mm, thank you. So keep it up. We need it. You know, um, people are going to need our help more than ever after this thing. You know, um, we're all going through a paradigm shift. Mm. We're all going through a major adjustment yeah. and we're being forced to do it. We're right. not being asked to do it. We're being forced to adjust to this new reality and it's not easy, but we'll make it through and we'll figure it out. And we're yes. always better together, yep. you know, and I think people we're all go into yeah. therapy together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In a way. No, I, I'm serious. Like <clears throat> I'm, yeah, I'm definitely more consistent with my mental health um, stuff these days, for sure. And I encourage everyone else to as well. You know, um, I've been hearing terrible things like uh, domestic violence being up yeah. right now, yeah. um, addictions being through the roof right now for people who are isolated at home, yeah. um, and child abuse being terrible. We as mental health professionals have a real responsibility and obligation even to given the path that we've chosen to you know follow in the footsteps of the medical professionals in how we come back together and how we reintegrate from this time locked away in our bedrooms and come back out i think it's a call of duty call of service for all of us you know mm-hmm. and to really bring our passions and our strengths and our um, values and live by them mm-hmm. yeah it's important yeah. It's important for everybody. And we're here to help. I'm so glad to, yeah, have gotten to know you over the past few months to, you know, collaborate with you in that endeavor. And yeah. Sure. Much more to come, too. Yes. Yes. Many more adventures to be had. I, I feel the same. And many more conversations to delve into the expansiveness of consciousness, I'm I'm sure. Yes. Yes. Um, so we're not, we're not going anywhere. We're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we bought our house and now we're, now we're, here we go. Who knows what the economy is going to bring, but we're here yep. and that's all that matters. Yep. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Air pound. Air pound. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, for all you listeners out there, thank you for listening. Um, this was a really great episode and, uh, please continue to listen. Go check us out on YouTube, MindOps YouTube page and, um, mindops.com. I'm going to put, um, Mark's uh, web address is up on the description, so go check those out, and uh, we'll see you next time. Awesome podcast. Thank you so much to my guest, Mark, for coming and uh, speaking to me about all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, Man, I I learn a lot every time I talk to you, and uh, I hope to have you on again. So to those of you out there listening in, uh, in the podcast realm the airwaves are hitting your ears thank you for joining the show today please continue to support us by liking and sharing on social media go to the youtube page uh go check out mindops.com and um yeah guys if you want to reach out to mark i'm putting his websites too in the description so you can go to innerlifeadventures.com or reconnecting to our nature.com um to get more on mark so until next time folks Be nice to each other, be nice to yourself, and uh, keep on moving forward. Conversations with the Mind podcast is sponsored, as always, by MindOps.com. That's M-I-N-D hyphen OPS.com. Come check us out. We're an eclectic counseling company providing both mental health and mental performance services to individuals, small and large groups, 
teams, businesses, and military individuals through face-to-face sessions or at a distance using phone or confidential video chat apps. We bring a unique Buddhist Western lens and specialize in general psychotherapy for all mental difficulties, sport and performance psychology for performance enhancement through mental training, addiction counseling for any maladaptive or destructive habits, and psychedelic integration therapy to make the most from your visionary medicine work. We're available as well for corporate workshops to address the needs of your employees' wellness. Thank you for listening to the show, and please go check us out, mindops.com and the MindOps YouTube page.